Hi everyone, this is Danny, and before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that this is our first ever two-parter episode of Black Chick Lit. We read Addicted by Zane, and it was such a journey that we that it took us a solid four and a half hours to fully discuss it. And so rather than dump that on you all at once, we decided to split our conversation up and post it in two parts. So here is part one. You can look forward to hearing the second part next week. I will post it next Friday evening. And you will find it either on the Twitter feed at blackchicklit.com, on Podbean, or on iTunes, wherever you find your podcast. Thanks, guys. Enjoy. Hi guys, I'm Danny. And I'm Molly. And we are ready for this episode. I've been looking forward to this all day. <laughs> it's like nine o'clock on a Saturday, and this has been like the highlight of my day. This is this is gonna be um an interesting, interesting episode, which I would like to say that um so since we've come back with our Halloween slash December episode, um, we have been getting just a lot of new followers, new attention being put on a lot of lists which is awesome like we love you guys for shouting us out and um we were kind of talking the other day about how this might be the first episode a lot of people are listening to yes and so a lot of these lists are being called insightful and witty and thoughtful and all these things and um uh i just i just want to apologize that you are joining the danny and molly train in urban january when we read um addicted by zane Yes, we are not insightful in January. It is just a hot mess. I don't think we're insightful ever. I don't think that's the fault of the genre. I don't think we're ever true. When they said insightful, I, I think I called my mom. I was like, somebody call me insightful. We what have our mean? moments. I think we have our moments. Moments. In three years, <laughs> I feel like we've had a, a couple moments. <laughs> so, but yes, with it's Urban Thick Month. If you're new here, every mm-hmm. January, we mm-hmm. try and read an urban like title. I don't, I was trying to think like what started this? So we, um, uh, in our first year, when we re- when we uh, did our first recap, I remember this vividly. Um, we were looking back and I think we talked about how we wanted to do more genre. That's right. And we were saying, okay, well, what genre do we want to do? What genre do we want to do? And um, we we were like listing all the different genres that we want to do. And Urban Lit came up. That's right. And we started searching and we found that list of like the most ridiculous titles, which is how we found this could be us, but she played. And we got so excited that we actually recorded like it might have been our first bonus episode too, like the episode and then the bonus to say that we were going to do this. I think that's how it happened, yeah. I think so, yeah. I forgot about the genre conversation. I just know we had decided at one point January would be Urban Thick. Uh-huh. And we've stuck with it. And we've stuck with it. So this is our it. third Urban Lit pick. Yes. Um, look back. Uh, first year was This Could Be Us, But You Play In. And last year was um, Coldest Winter Ever. Yes. So, which I must say, just to spoil my thoughts for the next, for this whole conversation, <laughs> I think that was better written than this one. 
You know, I kind of think so too. Yeah. So, I think just like words on the page, it was a little bit better written, but we're, yes. we're going to get to this book. But first we have a little bit of book news for you. Just a little bit. Cause we I couldn't know if it counts as book news as much as it's just like <laughs> disgust. <laughs> so apparently Friday was national trivia day, which country? I don't know. I don't know. Just like, that's another good point. <laughs> it was national trivia day. And for some, you've probably already heard of this, dear listener, but for some reason, the official Pottermore account in honor of national trivia day decided to tweet out this fact. This gem. Hogwarts didn't always have bathrooms before adopting muggle plumbing methods in the 18th century, witches and wizards simply relieved themselves wherever they stood and banished the evidence. Hashtag National Trivia Day. Hashtag National Trivia Day. I would like to ask why. I why all around? Why tweet this? Why would wizards shit themselves and it just <laughs> evaporated away? Why? There's so many questions. There's so many questions. Like you brought up the best point. Oh, I, I want to talk about this in two. I I want to get out first the insightful bit. We talked yes. all about death of the author we and did. how you know J.K. kind of has to like cool it with the world building like harry potter's done it's done you don't have to keep stop picking at it stop picking at it stop giving us these little factoids because then this is what happens so you know go back and listen to um i think it was our 20 questions where we talked about our literary enemies (laughs) where we go into depth about this but okay then i want to get into like the mechanics of these witches and wizards like just shitting themselves and just like pissing themselves like just where they stood danielle just where they stood and you know you said you said shitting their pants right but did they wear pants or did they just have on robes i feel like that shit would just be on the ground you'd be walking past you'd be walking behind somebody and the next thing you know you'd be trotting in their shit because they just they just shit wherever they stood danielle (laughs) just wherever they stood animals my cat she'll go in a box a dog will go in the corner but these (laughs) people these people danielle that we supposed to want to be like they would just fucking let piss roll down their legs danielle down their legs and i guess magic would clean it up later but it's still like isn't that uncomfortable in the moment right and i do i want to jump back to your insightful part before i really get it go ahead i feel like we really need to make a reason for why we had to talk about this this bothers me so much because it's reached jk rowling's like tweaking of the universe we've talked we've shared our thoughts on that in depth how we don't like it but this has reached like parody levels like i never in my wildest dreams thought that the official channel of like the harry potter expanded universe would come in here and tell us that wizards used to shit themselves and it's like getting like kind of comedic at this point it's like how much longer are they gonna keep like dipping into this well and milking this cow i think i told molly like i love star trek but i never once thought about like where do they shit like how do they shit on that ship how are they right. like what are they doing i don't right. care i don't i don't i don't need to know this <laughs> like it doesn't it doesn't enrich this it doesn't make me nothing about this makes any kind of sense like why 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 who was asking for it who was asking for this who thought about this and you know what the, what i think i think the thing was they probably didn't think about it at all no they were probably just like oh hey uh it's national trivia day uh write some shit down <laughs> And they literally did. And they literally, and they literally did. And you said, okay, you know, they had, they didn't have plumbing, but they had like 
outhouses and chamber pots and shit. Why would it be so much easier just to piss down your leg <laughs> than it would be to go to the pot and then vanish out of the pot? Or like just vanish it before it even escapes your body. Right? Like, I mean, I don't have a real good grasp on how the magic system and Harry Potter works, but like I feel like almost like they are dumber because of magic. Like if that, that makes that's sense. That's what I kind of feel. Like like at some point they're like they're not different species. And then here's the thing. The book sort of implies that so in uh inside plumbing was invented and then they all like started having toilets. Why couldn't they be like I don't understand why was that the thing? Why was it like oh yeah okay they they have Cause, magic because they're used because clearly it's, it implies they're using toilets. Right. It was just they. It was before using the plummet methods in the 18th century. They would just. What were y'all doing in the centuries before? I don't understand. I'm sorry. I don't need to go in depth into wizard. Wizard. I'm just saying, if habits. you were like the born in like the Muggle family or whatever, right, and you like went to Hogwarts, like you would be appalled to see these see your professor just shit right where they stood because you would be used to a little bit of sanitation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you, it would be like going, it wouldn't even be going back in time because there, was there a time when people would just shit themselves where <laughs> it's where they stood. That gets me the phrase where they stood. They didn't even squat. They wouldn't go into a different room. It's they just where they, they couldn't be bothered. Wherever they just happened to be sitting, or, I mean, excuse me, standing, they would just shit themselves. And I do not understand why they thought we needed to know this. And I love it because the author of, um, I'm going to try and bring this around really hard. <laughs> the author of Blade So Black, her name is L.L. McKinney, did this whole thread where she sort of touched on what you're talking about. Like if you're a muggle and you're going into the wizard world, you'll be appalled because she has like a tweet. She's like, why are we writing on parchment? It's 1991. It's a fucking ink pen and a spiral bound notebook. <laughs> see like, that but i'm gonna have to go back oh i'll sh- let me see if i can share it in the chat and it's like it's just this whole thread and it's like she brings up a lot of good points like we've messed with this world so much that it's sort of taken the magic out of it and now it's yeah. just bordering on ridiculous so if i can share it but she has like this whole thread where she's like i would be kicked out of hogwarts so fast because i would always be questioning everything they're doing yeah. and it's just yeah so I don't know. I we just... that's not news. We had to get it off our chest. Um, I guess we should just go on and say like this is gonna be a more vulgar episode. So we we eased you in. We eased you in, yeah. I'm sorry guys. Like I'm really <laughs> sorry. When so I told I told my mom always says, um, and I think I told you this, Danielle, they always say, um, how's your friend in St. Louis, your book friend doing <laughs> in St. Louis? I say, oh, she's good. Okay, what do, what book are you doing? And I was like, oh, well, you know, it's Urban Lit January. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So we're doing um, a book called Addicted. Addicted, huh? By uh, Zane. <laughs> and so there were like, you know, two very distinct reactions that I got because everybody always asks me which book I'm doing, which book. And so my husband asked me, he's like, well, what book are you doing? And I said, oh, Addicted by Zane. And he's like, oh, okay. Because, you know, he... It, he didn't have that background he doesn't know yes. who she is and so um when i told my mom she was like molly no no <laughs> what no just no but she did share a story that i wanted to tell Go ahead. because i don't know I, I guess let's ease it to this too i don't know like if you so 
let's talk about Zane for a second and I'll get into this story. So when I was, you know, a kid, like middle school, high school, I remember like girls passing around like Zane books. (laughs) Like, oh, I got that. I stole this from my mom. I brought it to school. Oh, my God. Like, can you believe this? And I remember it being kind of like a hush hush, like people would pass copies back and forth. And everyone was saying like Zane, 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 Zane. Oh, my God, Zane. And I was I was just a very extremely late bloomer. So when it got to me, I was like, "Uh, I don't know if I want to read it. (laughs) So I did it. But I do remember like like kind of middle school, high school being the years that everybody was stealing their copy, their mom or their auntie's copy of Zane and like bringing it to school and daring mm-hmm. everyone to read it. So she's always kind of had this outsized, like, I don't know, like, um, reputation, reputation in my mind. I don't know if you experienced that or not. No, I think for me, it was more like people read Omar Tyree and, mm. um, oh my gosh, I forgot his name again. Is it Eric Jerome Dickey? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Zane insists the soldier, which we touched on, but Zane, I don't know. I think I've heard of her, but I don't know many people who read her. Ah, uh, okay. Maybe yeah. it was just a Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I told my mom, um, uh, she asked me twice. She asked me one time. She, the first time she said, Molly, no. The second time she was like, well, you know, she used to teach. Um, and she used to teach in high school. And she told a story about how they used to do like drop everything and read in high school. And um, this girl, like, I guess they called the principal because this girl just kept reading Zane and, like, <laughs> sucking her thumb and reading Zane during, like, the job everything it reads. So there was that, too. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's the sucking your thumb. That's I don't know why I'm just picturing it. And it's, that makes it a little sadder. Yeah, it was. They had to ask her, I guess, on numerous <laughs> occasions to bring a different book. I will say, speaking of high school. Uh-huh. This book does feel like if like you told a 15-year-old to write an erotic novel, yeah. this is what they would come up with. <laughs> so we're, we're switching from the wizards. Again, no news. We just needed to get no that news. off our chest. We just, we just had to like talk about that. Maybe we could like <laughs> screenshot the conversation we had because I, I was like dying laughing when I was reading that. <laughs> it was just like so many questions. It was so stupid. And we're going to get into Zane. Oh, so... Obviously, this month's conversation is going to be a little blue. Yes. So, so prepare yourself. All these really sweet teachers and aunties, (laughs) you know, saying like, you know, really sweet things in their profiles. Like someone was like, somebody just said the other day, you guys, I'm glad you got this recognition. Like, you really deserve it. You're really thoughtful or something. I was like, oh, shit. Somebody's nacho cheese (laughs) sauce on in the next book so please 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 like if you listen with kids i know i think at least one person has told us they listen with their kids yeah this is not the episode this is not the episode guys like we're gonna we're gonna go there and i'm just gonna danielle i'm just gonna pretend like i'm just talking to my friend from college danielle i'm gonna pretend like we just passed this book back and forth because if i stop and think about (laughs) all these people all these strangers Listening to us, I'm going to like censor myself and I don't think it would be as good of an episode because yeah. this book goes there. Yeah, I'm going to go and assume that everyone who saw the title, saw the book we were reading as an adult, knows what they're getting into. <laughs> so they should not be shocked. So we're getting into it. Let's we read get into it. Addicted by Zane. So mm-hmm. the book was first published in 1998 and it shows 
mm-hmm. <laughs> and was reissued in 2001. I believe it's her second book. I tried to find like her complete bibliography to see where this fell like mm-hmm. in her list and it's like not operative. So mm-hmm. I just saw on Wikipedia and it was listed second. So I'm just assuming it's her second book. <laughs> um, in 2014, it was made into a movie. Mm-hmm. Currently has a rating of 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I don't know any of the cast except for Boris Cujo and Tyson Beckford. And I just realized I That's don't know. That's random. Who, I don't know who plays who. Hold on. Uh, same movie. I wouldn't imagine Tyson played um, the mechanic boyfriend. I don't even know if I even saw him, like if Tyson was a character, because I think there were big changes made. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. It's giving. Oh, I did Zane, so it's showing me Billy Zane. And that's, <laughs> not, that's not right at all. Addicted movie cast, and so I don't recognize the lady who plays like Sharon Leal, who plays Zoe. I don't know her. Boris plays Jason, and Tyson hey. plays some guy named Corey. Corey, so, what? I don't know who Corey. So yeah, there are some changes to the movie from the book, and I have no I idea see. who Corey is. Unless they just changed the name of one of her affairs. To oh, else. maybe. Because Quentin's in there. He's okay. played by a white guy. Quentin is played by a white guy? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So. Were there any white people in this book? I don't think so. I thought maybe. maybe some of the cops later? Probably. I assume a cop. Yeah, I'm, I'm just assuming the cop is. That's all I've got. So. She but yes. invites both Corey and Quentin to meet her at Quentin's apartment. Yeah. Well, so, who the hell is Corey? I don't know. Maybe we we might have to watch it, and then that might, might be a later bonus this. thing where we watch Addicted this the Movie might be. and talk about it. So, um, so okay. So let's get to the synopsis. So I had a very difficult time writing the synopsis because there's what the book thinks it's about, and then there's what the book is actually about. Uh-huh. <laughs> this book thinks it's about a sex addict. I disagree. Uh-huh. It is not, but uh, we'll we'll get into that. So, can I say before we get into the um, mm-hmm. the real synopsis? Uh-huh. So we're gonna be very silly with this book <laughs> <laughs> because there are a lot of silly things that happen, but there are a lot of things like, and I hesitate. Like I don't ever want to say like ideas are bad or an idea in a book is bad, but there are just a lot of like ways that she approaches kind of addiction, yeah, yeah. assault, molestation. Um, molestation consent that are like whoa oh my god and I'm sure we're gonna like touch on those throughout but I want to say like you know especially now going through like kind of the cultural climate that we're in oh, yeah. like I was giving like hard side eyes to like a lot of things that were happening in this book oh definitely like it was just insane so you know I th- I know people don't like them but I'll just say like trigger warning i guess like for some of these things oh yeah that's um, a really valid point because it, yeah. it gets into it and it doesn't handle it with the most care and it, that is a very <laughs> good way to put it <laughs> so um and if we're a little silly we don't mean to be i've had i currently am drinking a vodka and cranberry i upgraded i know we decided to wine. yeah we decided so, to. but we, <laughs> we do respect the seriousness and i'm sure we'll we'll be serious when it needs to be serious but i don't know what to expect from this episode so we're just gonna go for it we're just gonna go for it so let's go so the synopsis zoe is a happily married woman with three kids and a successful business she has a big secret that she's afraid to confess to anyone she's a sex addict and when she finally decides to open up to someone she meets with her therapist and tells her all about her relationship with her husband and high school sweetheart jason 
Jason is the love of Zoe's life, but he can't satisfy her in the bedroom the way she wants. Desperate for more, she starts having extramarital affairs, first with a painter by the name of Quentin Matthews, then a roughneck she meets at a club by the name of Tyson, and finally Quentin's neighbor, a, a ballerina named Diamond. After the murder of her best friend, Brina, Zoe decides enough is enough and tries to regain control of her chaotic life. She tries to end her adulterous affairs, but her lovers react with violence. In the finale, Quentin stalks Zoe and Jason in their summer cabin and violently insults both of them before being taken out by Jason. The book ends with Zoe in a sex addict's anonymous meeting, that's a lot of words, vowing to stay committed to her marriage and to her family. And that's... I say this, I feel like I say this every time, that there's so much more than that, but this time I really need it. But this time, there's like, there's so many things happening in this book. I commend you for like even getting like that much down, because I would have gone on so many tangents, because this, there's just so much, there's so much happening. I think like, let's take this like chronologically. Yes. Well, I wanted to start by asking you, so- Uh I want to ask you, because you sort of recommended this book, just what are your initial thoughts? Are you surprised by it? Was it what you were thinking? Have you read a lot of Zane books before this one? I've never. So I okay. never had read any Zane. So I they were passed any, around, but you just didn't. They were passed around, but I was like, oh, I don't know. I get in trouble. <laughs> I can't take it. <laughs> um, so yes, did it so, meet your expectations? <clears throat> you know, and I was saying this to my husband earlier, like this, so this is erotica. Like this is. Well, it's supposed is, to be. <laughs> This is our first book that I think we can, you know, right on the back, I see fiction slash erotica. And I think that this is the first book that we've read that's had that distinction. Mm -hmm. But I was surprised by how, like, unsexy it was. It's And not just unsexy, but almost, like, off-puttingly so. It's repulsive. Yes, yes, repulsive. Like, some of the things, some of the descriptions in it are just outright repulsive. And I was thinking like back to some of the romance that you made me read. And I was like, okay, wow, like the sex is not only more descriptive, but like more, I don't know how, like explicit. Mm -hmm. Like the sex is more explicit in the romances that we've read so far than Mm -hmm. in this. Because a lot of times it would be just like, ooh, he fucked me right in my pussy. And it's like... (laughs) And then it cuts. And, it's kind of, and that would be it. It would cut. And it's like, whoa, okay, like, that's a lot. But at the same time, not that much. It's not. So, yeah. So, so for it to be erotica, I was expecting it to be, like, more erotic. And I was just kind of like, really, I, can't, I cannot point to a single scene in this book that I thought was, like, sexy or charming or interesting. And Mm-mm. most are just kind of like, bleh. And then, like, way too many of them were like, ugh. Like, <laughs> this book, like, I don't read a lot of erotica. I think, I think, I kept thinking about the alien books because I think they technically are. And, like, uh-huh. I kept comparing them because it's what you said. Like, this book isn't very explicit and it's not very, like, attractive. It's very, like, yeah. it, it's off-putting. One scene I think about is at the very beginning when she's describing that game of Twister she's playing oh my with. God. With Jason, so they're at a high school party. Go ahead and read that. Go ahead and read. Go ahead and read (laughs) what you highlighted. I think we just need to quote this book directly sometimes. Normally we don't, but we have a lot. So we have a lot this episode. So they're at a high school party and they're playing Twister. And so she, this is the quote from the book. 
Before the hand on the spinner landed on the next color, his dick was hard, and the gigantic elephantine sanitary napkin my mother had made me wear was, t- was twice as soaked as before the game. It wasn't soaked with blood, however, but with my pussy juice. And I'm like, that's disgusting. It's like there's so much going on in that. Like, you know what? Every single sentence is like this. Every single sentence. It was so hard for me to read just now because it kept going on and on and on. And I'm like, it's not sexy. Like, when I think of erotica... I don't read a lot mm-hmm. of erotica. I do read romance, and I found that, like, I'm kind of a moderate person. I don't like books that don't have any sex, but I don't like it when they go too crazy, despite my hilarious infatuation with those <laughs> alien books. Those are funny for a whole different reason. I think I told you a woman is eaten alive by a pterodactyl. Yes. They're on a whole different level. This one, like, but when I think of erotica, I think it's supposed to be, like, sensual. You're supposed to get, like, yes. senses. It's supposed to be, like, kind of lush, and, like, you're in the moment. This one... We don't even know what they look like for the most part. Like, she doesn't even describe them when she's having sex with them. She She has a whole relationship with a person, and we only find out at the very end with, like, a single sentence. Yes. Yes, we're going to get to that. But, like, she, yeah, it's what you said. Like, she just says, oh, we fucked, and then I went, and then the next day, it'll be a whole new chapter. I woke up, and we, and, like, she talks about having a lot of sex, but we're never in we're the never, moment yeah and i kind of appreciate it after reading some of these that's things. true it's like i don't want to be in it that's and, true and the sex itself is just also re- there's one scene literally where she is <laughs> giving her husband a, a blow job and listening to the news oh my god i, I highlighted <laughs> that part like, too she's Hold like on, i know i have it i know she's i like, have it <laughs> she's like i'm trying to pay attention to what's happening on the news <laughs> And she's like, I want to hear what the detective says. At the same time, she's giving a blowjob. And I'm like, oh my God. what the fuck? And it's like an extremely important plot line <laughs> that's happening on the news that gets like just. But it just shows you how like unsexy the sex. Like it's just stuff that's happening. It might yeah, as, She like, might as well I have been preparing dinner. It goes back to um, like how you were describing like a 15 year old. Like, you know, when you were a kid. And it's kind of like um, you curse because it's like, oh, my God, I shouldn't be cursing. Um, so you just say like, oh, damn. And you think you're like so cool. It's like she's saying like, I gave him head or something like that. Yeah. And that's it. Like she has almost no understanding of what that means. She just kind of <laughs> says it. And I'm trying so hard to find that line where because I, I literally just highlighted it. Like I went back and I put some more headlines but it's like she's laying there and it's like she's sucking dick and then oh here it is here it is i went back to sucking his dick and caught a rhythm but i was still listening to the news and it's like what the hell and she goes on for like a couple more minutes and like we don't get descriptions of the act we get descriptions Nothing of what's of happening the on the news, news of the news of the news but then at the same time she tells us nothing about this important plot point that they learn about from the news which is the shooting at the club yes so it's kind of like well you're not you're not paying attention to anything like what's happening okay okay before we get before we need some structure yes so we just had to talk about how bad the sex like this is supposed to be erotica and it's not erotic it's just it's not it's it's at there at the best it is just kind of like undescriptive at its at its worst, at its worst, it's like rapey and traumatic. Oh yes. Most of the time, it's just kind of off putting. Most of the time, it's just <laughs> so kind of like. Ew. 
Like, I was like, is this book turning me off sex? It definitely turned me off the 90s. But I was like, <laughs> I was like, ew. So, okay, yeah, we so need structure. Start, so Let's start at the beginning. So it starts with our girl, Zoe, who um, goes into, it, it's a very rainy day, she says. <laughs> That's when I knew we were in trouble. Like the very first paragraph of this book is her describing in very like eighth grade poetry terms, like the rain. Um, And she goes to see a psychiatrist. And I want to point this out. I want to point out that she is seeing. So this woman's name, what is the psychiatrist's name? Marcella Spencer. I forgot her last name all of a sudden. So she goes, she goes to, and I want to point out that this woman is a psychiatrist. So a psychiatrist is someone who can prescribe drugs. That means She's that a they medical have doctor. a medical degree. That means that they have medical training. <laughs> and I just want to point that out before we get started. <laughs> so she goes to see this woman seemingly at random. She like, I think she had a friend of a friend or something. Like, yeah, she gets an emergency. Appointment. She gets an emergency appointment. But Marcella does not specialize in addiction of any kind. <laughs> She's Marcella is not prepared, is what I'm trying to say, for what just walked through her office, the kind of problems. You know what? What? Oh, my God. So I'm looking at the first page of the prologue, and I have noticed that they have, like, a little quotation at the beginning. And it's from Zoe. Uh, it's from Zoe. Like, you know how sometimes they have a quotation at the beginning of the book and <gasps> from somebody else? There's oh my a quotation gosh. at the beginning of this book from I Zoe. Just, I just saw this too. It's not even that good of a quote. I love you and this is forever. Always has been, always will be. There are so many exclamation points in this book. <laughs> I noted that too. And very like inappropriate times. There are three in this quotation. <laughs> there are three. Okay. So Zoe walks in and... Um, She's like, okay, she's very coy. She's very coy about what her issue is. And she starts giving this extremely long story about how she met her husband. She mm-hmm. says, um, she says, I gave up smoking. And Dr. Marcella Spencer immediately takes out some cigarettes and starts smoking. Starts smoking in the she office. says, she says your favorite 90s. line. This is the night. This is extremely. Okay. I want to ask a question about this too. Because this is the 90s, but also when they were kids, it sounded like the 90s. That's what I, okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Because at one point I was like, when does this book take place and how old is she? Because she talks as it's a like child, just, as a teenager, in very 90s slang. But as an adult, she, she talks also, in very 90s <laughs> slang. So I couldn't figure it out. I think she like exists outside of time. <laughs> I think she just lives in like like 1998 atlanta and it's like always perpetually always always 1998 atlanta that's the only thing that makes sense so that's what i'm gonna go with so she describes her um psychiatrist thusly her deep chocolate satiny skin reminded me of the fudge brownies my mother would prepare for the school bake sales to benefit the pta that's that's so strange i've never (laughs) once looked at somebody and they're like Oh, their skin looks like the crusted part of a brownie that you pick. Looks like the crusty, dry ass part of a brownie. The crusty, <laughs> shiny, burnt top, top of a part. brownie that my mom used to make 
for the for school the- bake sales. Like it keeps going for the, that so- my mom used to make for the school bake sales to benefit the BTA. It keeps it keeps so every many- sentence keeps going. <laughs> There's so many. I'm glad you noted that too because these it's so many details that you don't need. Like yes. I think I highlighted one at the end where she's talking about like she had just been like in an altercation and like she's also at the doctor's office and she's like dr marcella gave me a double gave me some clothes from yes. her duffel bag from when she went to the gym after work and it's like she gave me some gym clothes she gave me some gym like because you know she she's wearing gym clothes to the gym and she's got it at the office you can safely assume it's like no she went every day at 4 30 after her last it, appointment it might as well it was like it she went three times a week and, she hated her pilates instructor like it's just too much no no because that would be going too much in the same direction this like skips all over the place it's like it has nothing it was like it it's like if she said she gave me some gym clothes, like the kind that Jason used to wear back when he would watch uh, That's Michael, true. That would, Michael Jordan yeah. uh, before he did Space Jam. And it's like <laughs> you're so far away from where the sentence started that it's just like, ow. It's like, what the fuck? Oh, I have the best one. So she talks about the first time she met Jason. And uh-huh. this is her quote. And I need someone to tell me if this is a reference I just don't know or what's happening. So this is the quote. The first time I ever laid eye on Jason, I thought he was a junior Mac Daddy wannabe that probably sat around on a Commodore 64 computer drinking grape Kool-Aid out of a peanut butter jar while watching Good Times. It is so oddly specific. That is so specific. And that I'm is like, so specific. What is and this about? I don't. And it's the book is full of these kind of sentences. It is. It is like really hyperly specific <laughs> examples of people and it's like are these people that you know Zave? like i have never in my life heard of anyone drinking anything out of a peanut butter jar <laughs> like a jelly jar a jelly jar yeah a ma- that's yeah. a thing a mason jar a jelly jar but a peanut butter jar what the fuck and that's just so off-putting because i'm like so they're drinking out of garbage basically they're drinking out of garbage and then and then it's not just that they're drinking out of jar- garbage they're drinking Kool-Aid. It's not just that it's Kool-Aid. It's great Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. <laughs> and they're sitting around playing computer games, but not just any computer, the Commodore 64. And it's like, while watching what? good times. It's while just... watching good times. And this sentence is so long. It's so long. I was really and... tired reading this book. Like you just get sort of exhausted. <laughs> you know, I, up. a lot of times I would kind of like do that thing where you read the first sentence and then you read the last sentence of a paragraph. <laughs> and it's like, if I knew that like, if it seemed important, I would go back and read the middle. But if it didn't, I would just move on. Keep going. Yeah. A lot of times, like a lot of times the, the, the sentence would just be a paragraph. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it wouldn't even, and it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. I would say actually the whole first third of the book where she is describing meeting Jason and all their high school antics do not matter. <laughs> they don't see, matter. See, they, okay, she could just say, I fair. met my husband in high school. It's fair. It's fair. They don't matter. But that was the only part of the book that I actually liked. I will say it was I, I found it really boring. At least it didn't like completely repulse me like the rest <laughs> of the book did. It just kind of bored me. That's true. So yeah. basically she's living in. I assume this was supposed to be the 70s, but it just seemed very much like like 1995. There's a so. lot of 90s slang. Like people are saying she calls everyone a hoochie. 
Yeah. Um, she says nigga at a very she oddly says specific- nucka. Yeah, at a, like N-U-C-C-A. And I'm like, I've never seen that before. I was like, I don't know if this is like some Atlanta shit. Like if you're <laughs> from if you're from Atlanta and you know, let me know. Cause I didn't know what was going on with some of this. Like it was just so weird. And so yeah, and so, so bas- yeah, oh go, go ahead. Go I was ahead. gonna say, and like it's just full of slang, and I was like, I can't figure out I feel like it could take place in the 90s and i feel like her adulthood takes place in the 90s she just yeah doesn't age. like the whole time takes place in in the mid to late 90s the whole the whole time so she basically she and her parents move from i think it's dallas mm-hmm. to atlanta and it's almost like it, it reminded me of you remember that nelly kelly video um, <laughs> right and they're in like Love that kind of <laughs> Okay, first first of all, I want to go on a tiny, tiny tangent, if you'll allow me. I loved that video when I was a kid. <laughs> and I remember, like, one time in science class, like, in middle school, like, somebody came up to me and she's like, who's your favorite Destiny's Child member? And I was like, uh, Kelly. And she's like, Kelly, oh my God, you're so dumb. But I just really liked that video. So I still like Kelly to this day, but that's that's beyond the point. But it just... <laughs> her like the whole time I was reading everything that happened in these like you know um eighth pre-eighth grade chapters reminded me of that Nellie Kelly video where they're just like on a suburban street where everybody's black and it's kind of like almost this like out of place at a time like atmosphere where they're just like kind of hanging out yeah nothing's really like permeating nothing's really getting in it's almost like this like totally suburban like they could have been white and unless they told me that they were black right i got that vibe too like on a cul-de-sac somewhere and people yeah. are riding their bikes yeah yeah because she so she moves there and she sees jason across the street and they just immediately start brawling and she and- beats him <laughs> up and she this is a point of pride for her throughout her life yeah for through her entire life she thinks back to how she like beat him as a child <laughs> she's so, very violent she also smacks him a couple times in the, in the labor extreme. and delivery room yeah she's, up until she becomes a, a, a you know she has her kids she's hella violent yeah, and even she's after always hitting people she's always hitting people so it's like they have like all these little escapades her friend brina's there there's like an ashy larry kid who keeps hitting on her there's this whole thing about her getting her period and then playing Twister, which Daniel read earlier. That was so disgusting. It and was just... <laughs> question, okay. Okay. Yeah. I had this really, I'm mad this book made me think this because it's kind of gross, but the book went there. He uh-huh. can't, he like, so after this Twister thing, he goes to school the next day and tells everyone that she was on her period. Yeah. Because apparently he felt it with his dick is yeah. he able to distinguish those kind of details with his dick <laughs> like is that what's happening like, he felt like it felt a little softer than what it like i just don't understand how he knew i'm getting over the flu so i might start laughing sorry i just don't know how he could tell because it's not like she told him he just like poked her with his dick and she's he like oh that's a pet and she's like the next thing he's running around telling everyone telling she everyone. had a pet she has her period like how she did he know like, I know it's sensitive, but is it able to distinguish, like, yep, that's a, that's, like, I don't understand. Okay, so my grandma said that my mom played a couple episodes of this for my grandma. Please, <laughs> please mom, don't, don't play this Don't one. play this one for my grandma. I mean, maybe. My grandma 
when she, she was at the way she was dancing she to was t- awesome to t-pain she yeah. was like i don't know who this is but i want to dance so she might be fine with it but i'm just gonna pretend like they don't i'm i'm just talking to my friend danielle so i'm gonna <laughs> say i'm just gonna say what's on my mind i don't have a dick I don't know what a dick is. You know what I mean? That's, like, what, I, that's what I'm like. It's like, is it that? I don't like, know. I don't know. Like I don't know. Is it thumb and he can feel like the difference in texture? Feel like, a pad. He can feel a pad. Like, I know that she had on, um, like, did she have on stirrup pants or something? She did. Because, like, again, it's perpetually the 90s. It's perpetually the 90s. She had on stirrup pants. And he, feel, and she, he somehow with his dick feels that huge maxi pad. And then goes around. And you know what? My first period, it was not that heavy. So I didn't have like, I had like the little training ones or whatever on. Yeah. First periods generally aren't. They're light. You don't get like the real ones until. And if, if I was like bleeding that heavily that I need like the big, big ass pad on, I probably wouldn't have been playing Twister. Exactly. Because I would have been like uncomfortable. (laughs) You know, our girl Zoe does what she feels like. Because I was thinking, like, the best I could get close to it was if I kicked someone in the crotch with my yeah. foot. I wouldn't be able to know, like, but I oh, yeah, know. they're wearing cotton underwear versus silk. I don't know. Like, Okay, so my husband is, like, sitting here. I really want to ask him. <laughs> I feel like that would be an inv- – I feel like we can't. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's crossing a line. Like, we can't. Do you I mean, think I guess- you'd be able to feel a maxi pad <laughs> with, your, with your dick? but if he has an answer i'm actually curious if we were playing twister he says no he says no okay okay i feel better able to feel a maxi pad he says no it is pretty definitive Because I hung up on that because the next day he is telling everyone her business and it becomes a big point of contention for her because apparently everyone now knows she has her period. And it's everyone like- knows. Ashley, okay, so, and this is why I kind of like this first chapter. Ashley Larry comes up, and I'm not going to be able to find this because I didn't start taking notes till later. But he comes up and he's like, I heard you're a woman now. <laughs> I just remember how much he, I remember that conversation, but all I could focus on was how much he stank. Cause that's the one yeah. thing she described clearly was that this dude smelled terrible. He smelled bad. And I think, you know, we all had a kid like that as well. So <laughs> like the nineties part, it was getting me. I was thinking back to, you know, my elementary and middle school. So I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only mm-hmm. thing they were yeah. missing was like someone having a big old bottle of lotion. They're <laughs> <laughs> back back in no bucks. And those like grease lines on people's heads because they would gel up their Ooh, their yeah. baby their baby hair yeah their baby hair. So <laughs> so yeah so they have that back and forth, but they do eventually get together. Uh-huh. And it's, uh huh. And Zoe wants the D, like really Ooh, wants it bad. She yeah. wants it bad, girl. And, and so um, and it's like. I think she kind of assumes that like there's another girl named Chandler of all things. Like yes. the names in this book are insane. They're either like the whitest names you've ever heard or the blackest <laughs> names you've ever heard. So this girl named Chandler is like, which I thought was a man's name, but I stand corrected. I guess I went to school with a Chandler. Oh, you did? Okay, uh-huh. I stand corrected. But I don't. I, stand I don't. Corrected. I bet. Yeah, I don't know. Um. And so she just kind of assumes like Jason is sleeping with her and she's like hella jealous. She's so angry about it. And um, they go back and forth and back and forth. 
and um, it all comes to a head at, and I actually, I like, I like the setup for the scene at um, the school fair (laughs) where Zoe is dressed up as like a clown for some reason. (laughs) Like her job is, she has the two most demeaning jobs of the day to dress up as a clown and to do the dunk take. (laughs) With her friend and she's Brina. mad about the dunk tape because she was looking forward to being the clown because she yeah. could hide her messy hair under the wig. Right. <laughs> There's so many details. None of these details we're telling you has have anything to do with the story. Nothing. But we got told them. So now we you're going to hear them. Because like this first part is like 100 pages or something, right? And it it's has like nothing a- to do with anything. <laughs> It the really, only... truly does not. I think. Oh, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. No, go. I want you to because you were setting it up. They are at the carnival. They have uh-huh. the um, where it comes. And so they have this kissing booth. That's uh-huh. what you were telling. You were telling about their. Yes. Um, so go the ahead and finish booth. that. Yes. So Jason and Chandler, he's like the head basketball player and football player. I can't remember. He's the sports captain. He's That's... the sports captain. And Chandler's like, um, you know, queen. Um cheerleader even though zoe's like a cheerleader i didn't really understand all that (laughs) but um so they're at the kissing booth and um uh um sorry i'm just thinking about like the band of like 10 year old cat daddies that come by (laughs) the dunk booth when zoe's in the dunking booth oh yeah what does that kid keep calling her youngin youngin so he keeps calling so this like 10 year old keeps calling her keeps calling everyone youngin and they keep like trying to dunk her right i assumed he was like 40 in there with his kids which made it creepier oh i thought he wasn't i thought it was just a a random band of 10 year olds so okay another time another flashback because this really is taking me back to my childhood this chapter (laughs) one time i remember I was, like, at school late working on the school newspaper. I was probably, like, 17, 18. And I was, like, driving back home in Kansas City. And I was driving um, past, like, this little, like, kind of creek area. And I saw, like, all these kids. Like, this gang of, like, 12 kids. And they had, like, no shoes on. They had, like, overalls. And they all had fishing poles. Girl, it was 1 a.m. <laughs> that's some children of the corn type there's something supernatural happening there they were they were headed out to go fishing at 1 a.m they had to have been like seven to nine i was like (laughs) what is the story where are these kids parents it's like it's like october what the fuck is happening here (laughs) so i just pictured when i read about these like kids and this kid calling young (laughs) i pictured like those kids like in my mind like just just wayward children in overalls (laughs) in overalls just so they're like making fun of her and they're like throwing the ball and eventually they do dunk her and she's like you know her hair is all messy brina tells her she does brina tell her she looks like buckwheat like she says like no i don't think very disrespectful (laughs) she's just extremely disrespectful and so um zoe's like fuck it like i already look terrible like i'm just gonna shoot my shot so she goes over to jason's um table and she has like some really like awful lines about like fat girls <laughs> like this is like their only this is like the highlight of their oh, i know i know i quoted that one wait a minute <laughs> um because she says this weird 
strange sentence. Oh, I can't look at this. Not being able to find it. And even though I know I highlighted, Kendall is Do it. We can cut it out. We can cut this part out if we have to. Oh, but she says okay. something like these shy, problematic, ugmatic girls are so excited <laughs> to get their chance. Oh, yeah. Some of the shy, problematic, as in ugmatic girls look like they were about to faint when his fine ass kissed them on the cheek. And yeah. it's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, what the hell? Problematic um, as an uglomatic is the peak 90s. This is peak, peak 90s. And I don't, I truly, because Zoe in the 90s should be late 20s, early 30s. I know she says it at some point, but mm-hmm. so this should have been like the 70s or so. And it's like, but girl, like the way she's talking, it's so 90s. Like her childhood is so 90s. And I'm Every, just like, just, yeah. the only thing she's not, she's like, she doesn't have a caboodle and she's not like putting her hair in scrunchies. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So, um, so she pays for kiss and they kiss and then they like kiss even more. She gets up on the table and it's like Chandler's all mad and woohoo, they're a couple. Oh, they have this loud declaration and even the teacher is like applauding. And I'm oh. like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. That teacher is breaking that up. That's, yes. No, they're like making out and the teacher is like <laughs> nodding and doing a slow clap. Slow clap. And I'm like, what? It's insane. There are, two, there are two plot points before we move on to like eighth grade beyond. Um, so two important things I don't want to touch on. So first of all, her father, um, so her, her mother and her father, um, are kind of characters. Her mother shows up a little bit. Her dad, she's like, definitely like, he's basically a prop. He's basically a prop. Like he gets, (laughs) I don't know if men can get fridged, but he gets fridged. Like uh, he dies. (laughs) This goes so, so bad. I can't remember how. Doesn't he, he, it's a construction accident like i think something dropped accident. on him yeah <laughs> like, like he's he might be an architect he does something he's like, yeah and he kind of t- he had kind of taken jason under his wing jason lived across the street from them and he kind of like was over all the time and the dad seemed like a good character like he had everyone's best interest at heart all this stuff da, 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 da. and so he dies and um um there is a really cute scene there is one one thing that i liked in this book and i like that she looked at she looked at like the north star which i'm gonna i'm gonna get back to this remind me daniel to get back to this but she would look at the north star and she said in her mind she renamed it peter for her father because he would always guide her mm-hmm. and um uh jason comes over they're sitting on the stoop and he said well that's going to be our star and i'm going to build you a house where from any room you'll be able to look up and see it and i was like okay that's corny but it's sweet like that's a sweet idea yeah later they pay some money to somebody to adopt the north star they do they and i'm kind of like you can't but you can't you can't you can't like that that star is taken Like, and like that one is constellations, taken. and she doesn't know her. Zane doesn't know constellations. Oh, you did because she said Little Dipper, Big Dipper, and Ursa Minor, and like Little Dipper and Ursa Minor are the same constellation. Yeah, They're the same. And, and I would like, like to point it. out that any, almost any name, star name buying service that you could buy is a scam. Almost any, yes, anyone you yeah. could buy is a scam. Like that's yeah. It those are people designed to steal your money. So. <laughs> You guys will just point at the sky and say that's our star. That's our star, which would have been really cute. It's like yeah. that's our star. That's 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 your father. So that and then I wanted to talk a little bit about Mohammed. 
because I had completely oh, forgotten about him. <laughs> I did too until you just said it. <laughs> it's so she has a boyfriend who we never see, who literally never shows up. I don't like, even, does he have any dialogue? He ne- no, girl. He never shows up on the page. He ne- there is no scene. There is no scene where she shows up with Mohammed that I can remember. Now, someone She's just can correct dating me. him. Yeah. She's dating him. He's like problematically older than her. But he's also, she says, oh, he's like uh, Muslim. So he won't do anything with her. And like, she's trying to make him jealous. And it's such like, I thought this guy was going to be, I thought he's going to show up. I thought he's going to be important. I thought like there was going to be something. Nothing. No, nothing. She gets with, she gets with uh, Jason and he is dropped. So is Chandler. And so is Chandler. We, we literally never hear about them again. (laughs) Chandler at least like showed up. I keep wanting to say on screen. But she at least, like, you know, had some interaction. She was a character. Mohammed was, like, a name. It, like, <laughs> someone who her mom said was calling, and she didn't take the call. <laughs> yeah, because they're supposed to go to the fair, and she's like, I don't want to like, go with uh, your punk ass. And she calls Brina, and she's like, pick me up tomorrow. And Brina's like, okay, doesn't she come, like, like dressed, like, real crazy to go to the school? She's just like she's going to the club. Yeah, yeah. It's so. nuts. There's Brie- a lot. I've noticed this happens a lot in urban fic. There's a lot of descriptions about what people are wearing. Uh-huh. But not and so much what they look like. Not I what they still look have like when you no get the idea clothes. what Zoe looks like. Oh, I don't either. I know I she has shoulder length hair. Yes. But yeah, you don't get, but you get, I'm like, they're always, because there's like one scene, I think it's after, so we're, this is post, this is when they're in high school and it's after like Jason says he won't sleep with her and she like wears all black and just sits <laughs> on the stoop. And I'm like, yeah. I kind of like this moment because it's so ridiculous and extra. <laughs> so she's like, she's like, she's like a widow in mourning, and she just puts on a black turtleneck and some sunglasses, even I think, and she's just sitting on her stoop because her boyfriend wouldn't sleep with her. Yeah, yeah. So she, she just, she they get together, and in high school, Chia, uh, Brina and Jason's best friend who was important for like 100 pages and then dropped off the face of the also earth. Also dropped. The, they're ha- everyone's having sex. Everyone everywhere's having sex except for Jason and um, uh, Zoe. Everyone mm-hmm. literally everywhere is having sex except for these <laughs> two. And she wants it so bad. Like she's crazy. She's driving herself crazy. And he, like they'll make out. They'll kind of do this and that. But there's probably some over the clothes stuff happening and maybe yeah. even under the clothes, but not full. Yeah. And this is where we first kind of start to see like Jason's uh, problems yes. because like she'll be wanting to make out and he's like, he's not just saying no, like he's very like anti doing anything. Yes. That goes too repressed. far. Yeah. He's very repressed. And to me, that was kind of like raising some red flags. I was like, oh, it was for me no. too. I was like, oh no, I'm going to see something. I don't, don't want to. <laughs> That's going to make me sad. I don't want to give into stereotypes, but it was just really weird that, especially once we learn when they're married, he's very like in, out, go to sleep. Like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I'm like, that's really like, he wouldn't let her do anything to him. And like, as a high schooler, he didn't even want to be touched. I just thought it was really strange. I don't know. But I'm like, no, don't give into stereotypes today, yo. People are different. And I'm like, I don't know. It was just weird. <laughs> So to me, the part when they're in high school is probably the part that I was least interested in. And I can't quite remember as much. Because oh, it kind of seemed to zoom by. 
Yeah, it dragged the whole beginning dragged on, but the basically what you need to know from high school is that they do have sex. It's very unsatisfying for Zoe, <laughs> and she ends up pregnant. And on they have prom to get night. Married. Yes, and they have to get married right after graduation. Right after graduation, they get married. Yeah. And so she starts working. He gets like some kind of sports scholarship. Yes. <laughs> but like he, he decides to become an architect and she's like working to put him through school and all this stuff. She gets pregnant again with twins. And um, and I totally forgot their name. I forgot the children's name. I know one of them is named times. Peter. Yes. And, then and the like others. Kyle Mitchell and a Kayla Michelle maybe those other two kids like truly do not even matter they're, they're non-existent she mentions them like two times <laughs> <laughs> so yes so then she opens her calendar business which really upset molly oh my god okay do you have that can you like do on on kindle because i got the paper yes. copy can you find where she's talking about calendars so okay this whole time this whole time she is still talking to dr marcella spencer she's talking about like the time literally literally the time she had succotash in like eighth grade there's so the like the level of detail she gets in with this doctor because you're reading it and it's literally like 100 pages and you're kind of like wait is she still talking to this goddamn psychiatrist and she hasn't gotten to the root of her problem and she doesn't she leaves she drops leaves. her problem out the door and she's like see and you then next she week. like and then she, and then she flips <laughs> out of there but we'll get there we'll get there so um oh my god i forgot what i found the calendar scene it's okay. in chapter eight chapter eight let me get to that can you read it and can you read how she became which, rich which, which okay oh, okay i'll there. just read so her husband and her newborn baby are both sleeping so like it's like so she talks about how instead of having one baby she has two and so i guess little baby peter is on jason's chest and they're sleeping and she thinks it's cute and she says that gives her the idea of start shades to start shades and so she has this whole idea about having like okay so here i'll just read it shades is my corporation it started out on a wing and a prayer but grossed me over half a million dollars last year Watching my son fast asleep on his father gave me the idea to make my own calendar celebrating the role of the African-American father. So many African-American women are raising their children alone. It's a blessing to see a man living up to his responsibility. So then she talks about how she borrows some money from her stepfather who just paragraphs before she said she disapproved she of her mom marrying. She's like, I don't want her marrying that man, but she likes him enough to borrow some money. And she puts this calendar together and it's like, and she uses a computer, probably a desktop publishing software to advertise these things on the internet. And according to her, the most miraculous thing happened. They sold like hotcakes. And I want to, I, <sighs> I really want to, because this was the first moment in this book that I was really like, what the fuck? This was let's the just, <laughs> let's just think about this. Let's all pause and really think about this for a second. Okay. It's she, 1998. It's 1998. It's 1998. She grossed over half a million dollars. That is $500,000 in 1998 money. <laughs> <laughs> Selling fucking calendars. Selling calendars. Selling on a calendar internet. on the internet. She didn't have a calendar shop where she sold a whole she bunch of calendars. She didn't have a calendar shop. Nothing like that. She sold, she sold calendars. She sold calendars, Danielle, on the internet. Excuse Let calendar. me tell you, 
she had only she, one calendar. She, she had one calendar, which she sold through the computer, which I will remind you, computers have calendars on them. <laughs> for free. For free. To women, to these poor single black women, and they made her half a million dollars selling <laughs> calendars. And then selling she- calendars on the internet. What the fuck? Like, I know the 90s are more prosperous than now. I know that that this article is going around about how millennials are the burnt out generation and we're always going to be broke and die yes. like sad. I know. I, I get it. I get it. Money was falling from the sky the, in the 90s. The net but, bubble, the internet bubble, we know. But she, really think about that. Really think about that for a second. She made half a million dollars selling a single calendar. <laughs> On the internet. <laughs> on the internet of her husband and her kid sleeping bare chested with some baseball caps on. Like, That's pretty the- much it. Yeah. I-, I remember going to the mall and there were those calendar kiosks. Yeah. They, they did every not single- look like they were millionaires. Every single one of them were a millionaire. Danielle. Well, no, because they weren't selling it on the net, as she That's- says. <laughs> that she does say the net. This blew my mind well and then the next year she expands and she releases three calendars yeah one of the fathers and children one of families and then one of just like it's like it sounds like it's a beefcake count not a beefcake because i think it's women (laughs) it's like a a, oh yeah yeah yeah. calendar a pinup calendar girls in swimsuits and then from there she becomes an art dealer she does you will notice, I wanted to say this point, how little we're talking about sex in this conversation. Because it doesn't happen. <laughs> because we're, we still we're, haven't hit that yet. On my book, this is page 90. Yeah, I'm on page 89. This is page 90 of, of like 200. a 300-page book. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to put that out there in case you're like, well, when are they going to get to the era? That's what I was thinking, too, as oh I was reading the book. Oh we spend five pages on this calendar business. So many pages. So many pages. And so, oh, but that's basically how they get their money. She has the calendar business and he becomes a very well respected architect. After architect. And it's like, okay. So she we flash back to current day where she is sitting in Dr. Marcel Spencer's office and she's just kind of like, I gotta go. And, <laughs> and they're like, they've been there three hours. <laughs> it's like, what did any of this have to do with anything? I don't know. I don't know. But um, she we can't says, skip through this chapter because I had a lot of problems with this. Right, she says probably. Um, uh, is this where she turns out the door and she says like that insane line? Because this is where I started taking notes actually. So this is where she's like she's talking about basically like thank you for seeing me. She's like oh we have to go and she's like I haven't even gotten to the sickening part yet. She uses really hyperbole like hyperbolic language she's yeah. like sickening zoe doesn't do like anything in half measures <laughs> and she's like so she's like leaving and she's like and like the the dr spencer's like so why are you here like yeah you, dr spencer's here? like you told me three hours <laughs> <laughs> you explained the nelly kelly video to me for three straight hours but why and so we yeah and so we get all this build up it's basically i pictured her as sort of like what molly was thinking like she has her hand on the door the door is open she's about to walk out uh-huh. and she's like i'm gonna tell dr spencer my big dark secret and she turns and she's like and what are they she's basically she says like oh i'm a sex addict and like the doctor's she says, like oh i I, ha- I have it up i have it up um she says uh um she says 
does having three lovers other than my husband <laughs> constitute sexual addiction? And then they say the grin on her face quickly faded and was replaced by a look of astonishment. She was flustered. It took her a moment to gather her bearings while I struggled to hold back tears. We never broke our stare. Yes, I would definitely say that makes you a sexual addict. And I'm and shouting because there are a lot of exclamation points in this. <laughs> it's so melodramatic. And it's, it's like so melodramatic. Like, well, I don't know. I need the rest of the details. Like I really I really <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you. you just have an unhappy marriage. Like you never got around to it. I had to hear about your succotash and your eighth grade carnival. And the elephant tie and pad and Brita and all the and Mohammed. All these things that don't matter. And and it, again, Marcella Spencer is so freaked out. She's so freaked out. And again, I want to point out she is a psychiatrist. <laughs> she is a psychiatrist that treats people with medical issues and prescribes them drugs to help them get better. And she is like freaking the fuck out. Aghast that this woman would be sleeping with (laughs) with three people. Like, I don't consider myself the most sexually sophisticated person, but I don't think I'm naive either. Uh And I've watched a lot of episodes of Intervention, so I know (laughs) (laughs) like what happens with addiction. And you just cheating on your husband with three other people is not it's it's kind of vanilla. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. it's kind of like it's not that shocking. Like this, yeah. it's so overplayed, and the whole book is like that. Everyone treats her like she's some kind of sex freak. Like right? she's some kind of crazy sex like maniac. She's a, like she is just the worst person to ever walk the earth. <laughs> and she's not. She's and just you know cheating what? on her husband. I want to say there are four murderers in this book. <laughs> <laughs> there are. four Four murderers in this book. One of them a serial killer. What are full blown? A full blown serial killer. And I, I just, at, but, but it's Zoe. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's well, Zoe. This is like, one that has a problem. And you know what? Can I? Can we pause here? Because I'm out of wine. I want to go get some more before we. I was thinking we... about making another cranberry and vodka. Let so... us take a short break. We're gonna take our first ever break on Black Chicklet. And refresh our drinks because now, now that we're past the '90s shit, now shit it gets shit. Yes, yes, shit is about to get real. This episode may be two and a half hours long because, like, because we have barely even scratched the surface. Okay, I will meet you back in a minute. Okay. Okay, I got vodka and a snack because you shouldn't drink on an empty stomach, kids. And (laughs) yes, that's true. I, I poured a large glass of wine. And you know I've been I've been sick. I got that virus that's going around. So poor thing. I haven't been drinking anything, and it's I'm feeling it. So, <laughs> but I feel like that's appropriate. Like it's just me and my friend and y'all exactly sitting back in the dorm room, back in Stafford, <laughs> talking about this book. <laughs> talking about this book. So we're back. I do want to say before we move on to the next scene, uh-huh. still on the scene where she says, "Does having three lovers other than my husband constitute sexual addiction?" Right uh-huh. after that, a few paragraphs down, where the doctor is like, well, I'll see you next week. <laughs> Zoe answers with cool. And cool no. is not spelled in the she traditional says cool. spelling. It is spelled K-E-W-L uh-huh. with an exclamation point. And let me tell you, mood whiplash. Because <laughs> the fact that an author, a full-grown woman writing this book would be like, my character has just confessed her deep, dark secret to the psychiatrist. 
deepest, darkest She's going to dig into all of her pain she could and all anybody. of her unsatisfaction. How does she respond when the doctor says, next week we'll dig into it? Cool. Cool. Okay, <laughs> <Like>, girl, bye. <laughs> Talk to you later. Like, I hadn't even considered sh- that, but it's like, it, it's. I'm looking at this on the page and it's not <laughs> even like, it's like two short paragraphs. It's like 15 lines later. She's like, okay, bye. She's like, cool. <laughs> cool exclamation point i almost screamed when i saw that i was like what <laughs> it's so wild so okay it's wild so we, this part really confused me so we're just back into it because we, uh-huh. we just gotta do this this part really confused me because in this whole like flash forward we're back in the present she goes to i may be jumping ahead a little bit but i just want to explain how confusing the arrangement of this book is she goes to see her friend brina and her yeah. friend brina is dealing with an abusive boyfriend and it's wild how she finds it, this out. It's wild. It it's but extremely then, disrespectful. <laughs> and then later in the book, though, it's just really confusing because we flash back again to the night where Brina meets this guy. And I remember being really confused about oh, what was going on. I thought that it was two different guys. <laughs> His name was Dempsey. So I assumed it was the same guy because that's a stupid that makes name. Because I was going to bring that up. I was like, wow, Brina really had it fucking hard because she had one dude that beat her. And then later they go out and she has another dude that beats her. You are right, mm. though. It's a, She flashes it's a back. It's the time going back and forth. And it's like, so we meet the guy before Brina. And then we go back in time and see where Brina meets him. And like, yeah. we know he's an abusive asshole. And it really threw me off. I was like, wait, didn't she? It was, it's a mess. So. So let's, let's get to this scene with Brina. Oh, I do want to say though, before we move in, before we move to that, because this is very minor and it's right uh-huh. before Brina. One of the kids asked to watch um, Cinderella, the one with the black Cinderella. <laughs> I, and I, knew will you were gonna, I knew you were going to bring that real money it's the night because the time the timing matches up if it takes place in this perpetual 1998 <laughs> it's this brandy whitney houston cinderella I just it's to gotta be out. i knew i knew i knew i knew oh there is another part that happens here um she goes back home and see she sees uh jason and she's like i met this cool doctor today a sister and so he's like, oh, that's cool. And he's literally like, send me her name so I can send her some work, which is kind of like, it's kind of like, okay, cool. That's how we as a people, as black people are right. going to get ahead if we continue to build each other up. By black, exactly. But his like, immediately he was like, I got a whole bunch of fucking sick people. <laughs> he just has a roster of sick people. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then as soon as he hears he's a psychiatrist, he, he wants no part the, of it. He he freaks the fuck out he gets, when he hears he gets she's, really defensive he's he like gets, i don't know any crazy people what do i need with a psychiatrist it's like okay not just chill, that, dude not just that he's like he's like i can't even believe that someone would do that he's like he's like disgusted by the he fact is. that like psychiatrists again again i'm gonna hit this again hard psychiatrists <laughs> medical doctors psychiatrist he's like disgusted by the fact that a psychiatrist he's like how could she how could she even wake up in the morning without wanting to kill herself for doing this it's like she's a psychiatrist she helps people and this is the thing i want to touch on these people are so hard to believe as real characters because Uh they're so they don't make any sense so we're supposed to believe they're educated like they're not this isn't like 
uh, coldest winter ever, or this could be us, what you're playing, where they were like kind of broke, not they were stuck in the hood. These are supposed to be like young professionals. He's yeah. an architect. He went to college. Yeah, he's supposed. They're supposed to be educated young professionals. Like depression's a thing. That's a thing you treat with medicine. Yes, like, schizophrenia is a thing. A That's thing. a thing. Bipolar is a thing that you treat that you have to see a doctor that you need yes. help for. She's a medical doctor doctor. and he's just reacting like like he has absolutely no knowledge of the world and it's so surreal this is why this is the thing seriously this is the thing by this point we know jason desperately needs the help of of any kind of therapy (laughs) like he will not he will not let his wife touch his dick like he he will not let his wife look at his dick he won't have sex with the lights on and he's oh yeah we have to talk about his rules Yes, where are his rules at? Because they're wild. So I think I know they, so she's only, so one of the reasons, so let's get into this. Zoe is not a sex addict. She is yeah. a woman with a high sex drive, with yeah. a high sex drive who is in a sexually incompatible relationship. And so she's frustrated and she doesn't feel she can work with her husband to deal with it. So she finds other people. That yeah. is not the same thing <laughs> as sexual addiction. She never wants like, like, she doesn't go like it's so desperate for sex that she like hires hires like professionals or like prostitutes she doesn't do a lot this is the net is around she doesn't watch any like porn yeah she never, she never once like makes it seem like she's so into sex that she can't do it she still goes to work she yeah. still takes care of her kids yeah she still has like her the only thing is she's just in a relationship where she's not fulfilled yeah and she's cheating on him and it's like the relationship the relationship is like the, the like saying they're sexually compatible like doesn't even begin to like describe <laughs> the problems that they have. He won't have sex with the lights on. <clears throat> he won't do any kind of um foreplay. He won't right. do which is just rude. Which is extremely rude. <laughs> any kind of oral sex is out of the picture. Um she she he won't she masturbates but feels too like ashamed of it to tell him. She has like sex toys but she can't bring them into the bedroom. Yeah, um, he'll only have sex in the dark. He'll only have sex in the dark. He has to be on top. It lasts about five yeah. minutes. And it's kind of like all of these things. It's like, girl, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> she also says later that he won't do it more than once a night. Yeah. And it's like, and he seems he seems repulsed. Like the, the couple of times <laughs> where she tries to like suggest anything outside of those rules. Literally literally anything outside of those rules he gets like not just like oh i don't like it but he he acts like she is the worst person to walk the most face with sexually the most deviant, sexually deviant. he is constantly calling her friends sluts and whores <laughs> <laughs> like anything that she does <clears throat> at one point and we'll get to this like they go out to the club and he's like, why don't you and Brita go out? She goes out 11, at 11.30. She gets back at like 3. And he's like, your slut friends kept you out too late. It's like she's been gone a couple hours. Though. So one thing that stood with me, there's one scene. It doesn't even have anything to do with sex. She's in the bathtub. And I think she needs the cordless phone. And he like won't look at her. He won- she's oh. sitting in a tub. And he's like averting his eyes, like acting like it's this big thing. He cannot. Like, that's how I would do if I was like handing the phone to like some like i don't know a musician. someone i, know, I didn't just... want to see someone exactly. i didn't want to see naked not someone i wasn't married to and not he's someone like, i didn't have three kids with exactly and he like won't look at her in the he tub he's acting her. like it's 
it's like a breaking some kind of like moral that he is seeing her naked in the tub to hand her the cordless phone. There's a scene where she like walks out of the robe. She takes the robe off or something. And uh, he's like, you better put that robe back on. Remember when you, you got a cold. cold. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, does my nude body repulse you so much? And he's kind of like, yeah. So it's well, like. Well, she, she doesn't just have a robe. She stands in front of the TV. Totally he's naked. some kind of sports. And she just stands there buck he's naked. Not, and he's like. No. He's not even, because you know what? He didn't watch sports. She says over and over again how he watched the news. <laughs> well, I mean, the yeah, news, he was girl. watching when he was getting that blowjob. The news. I made a note of that, how many times she talks about Jason watching the news. And it's like, again, it's one of those details. That it's like, how many times does a person need to watch the news in a day? <laughs> and it's just like. It's just sur- their whole relationship is surreal. So there, there's no addiction happening here. There's no addiction. They're just it's not like, a good relationship. It's not. They're not sexually compatible. Jason absolutely needs to seek the help. Like he probably should have gone to Doctor Marcella Spencer to talk about. And we'll, we'll no, get not into her. He should go to somebody <laughs> else. He should get professional help, and he should not go to her. He he needs, but just just the way he reacted to her seeing a psychiatrist, I was like. But you need one. He does. You desperately need to talk to somebody. And I think that's supposed to be a sign. Like, he's so defensive. He's yeah. so, like, I, he doesn't, he's like, I don't even know any crazy people who I refer to her. He's it's so like, defensive about the idea of a psychiatrist. If you don't, what do they say? If you don't know any assholes, then you're the asshole. Exactly. <laughs> so it's just, oh my God. Can we talk about their, um, we touched on this, but can we talk about their little motto as a couple? always has been always will be oh the quote at the beginning of the book <laughs> yeah they say it's it's it and inappropriate is not too. subtle like this book is not subtle so i just want to point that out because they say it's just sometimes that it's like just really inappropriate inappropriate like someone just got killed and it's like always has been always, <laughs> always will, be. will be so i just saw it on the page i was like oh damn Oh, like it's their personal couple motto. Yeah. Like, like, the, like the Kmart blue light special. I also want to talk about, so sometimes she, like race is very strange in this book. Race is. is very strange in this book because they live in the, and we talked a, like a little bit before we started recording. I was like, is there any, is there anyone non-black in this book? And we didn't really know. Maybe some of the, um, um, uh, the detectives. Detectives. And when I talked to people, like a couple people, I said, ask me, what what are you reading? And I always said, Zane. And if they were black, they knew immediately who Zane was. <laughs> but if they were non-black, they were kind of like, huh? So like this, this is a book that exists kind of in, again, that Nellie Kelly world where everyone is black. Everything is black. Like you really don't have to explain. But then this quotation comes along. Where every once in a while she would like hyperly explain something that I would feel like all black people would know. So this is from yours. This is from yours. Um, everyone knew boo was more than just a word. Casper the friendly ghost <laughs> whispered to unsuspecting children. Maybe not before the 80s, but boo was a certified synonym for baby, sweetie, and snookums. By the time the word left Jason's sexy ass lips, I was a boo. Aw, damn. And I just, I'm really struggling to understand why who this that was written for. Who this was written for? Why the sentence is in this book? Because it's kind of like it's like this is this is a this is Black Planet. This is Black Planet like made real. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we're living on Black Planet. This book. 
anyone picking up this book, I would assume, would know what the what boo meant. So why is she getting Usher this? and Alicia Keys had a whole song about it. So why are we getting this weird ass thing about Casper whispering <laughs> to unsuspecting children? Whispering to unsuspecting children. And then this long explanation of what boo means. They and call- also, that's the only thing Jason will call her. Yes. Like he calls her boo like it's her name. Like it's her name. Capital B-O-O. And I'm just really... It's wild. I'm really... So I wanted to make sure that we touched on that because I'm like looking through like the pages <laughs> and, and sorry, I saw boo I no and answers. I was like, and I'm like looking through your notes and I, and that, that confused me on like a thousand different levels. I was like, who was it? I mean, if you, so we have some older listeners and hopefully you've tuned off, but if you haven't, <laughs> no, that's fine. You know, we're, we're sex positive. We're open here. If you're going to listen, because what do they always say? This isn't your grandma or your grandpa, such and so. But this yeah. is your auntie's erotica. Like, you know what <laughs> I mean? Is. It is. It literally like, is. So tell me, like, if you were older and you were reading this and you needed an explanation of boo. boo. But I don't think boo. you did. In 1998. In 1998. And the re-release in 2001. But I don't think you did. I think any. I think anyone who's ever come across this book knew what the word what the term boo meant yeah the writing i could go i could write a thesis about the writing alone because it needs an editor it needs an editor so bad we talked we talked about all the details we talked about the ridiculous exclamation marks we talked the dialogue is just it makes no sense no No person on earth would say any of the words that come out of these characters mouths they're just they're just wild the inappropriate exclamation marks it's just it's wild so like the metaphors like she does just, use really she uses um she uses phrases inaccurately a couple times <laughs> and it kind of drives me crazy like when she's telling jason about the psychiatrist she says so i met this girl this doctor she's a sister marcella spencer and then she says i waited for the other shoe to drop and then she tells him he's a psychiatrist that's not how that phrase is used when you're the one giving the news you're the one dropping the shoes <laughs> you can't use that <laughs> phrase and there's another one where she says something like, I squeezed her hand so hard, I drew blood. And I'm like, what? Like, when you drew blood. Like, you would, you would have to crush someone's hand into a you, pulp. <laughs> I don't, like, I've heard you scratch till you draw blood. Yeah, you don't but to, squeeze. To it's squeeze just, someone's hand until they, they drew blood, you would literally have to destroy their just, hand. Just crush their just hand. Just crush their hand like you were the Hulk. Like, what the hell? So, yes. <sighs> So she goes back eventually. I need to talk about this. It's more about it's more of this exaggeration of what's wrong with her. She goes back to see Dr. Spencer and Dr. Spencer. She does this multiple times throughout the book. The Dr. Spencer asks her how she is and she offers her a drink. (laughs) And every time the doctor offers her a drink in this book, Zoe is confounded. (laughs) So she says in the first instance, she says, no, thanks. She was being extraordinarily friendly, and I begin to wonder whether she had been fiending all week, anxiously awaiting to hear about the sexual escapades of the freakazoid slut she has as a new client. First of all, your life is not your sex life is not that exciting, Zoe. It's just not. And the second time it happens, when she's like, "Would you like a drink?" She's like, "I was worried she would offer me peanuts next. Like, she, is she an airline stewardess? Like, she's so confused every time every time it's like zoe she's just asking if you want some water it's just common plight it's 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 what people do girl it's like zoe have you been on a plane 
That's do you know like <laughs> like the peanuts reference is kind of like what wait though you've been on a plane because you're confounded that someone would offer you water in an office yeah okay i found it i was beginning to wonder whether she was a therapist or a flight attendant and hope she didn't ask me if i wanted some salted peanuts next and it's just so odd like it's a basic human interaction i can't but you tell know you what? the number of times in a day i'm offered something to drink when i visit someone i think this goes to the heart of zoe that she's just an extremely hateful person <laughs> <laughs> well she's not realistic it's just so weird Zoe's got a lot of things going. And can we talk about the name Zoe for a second? Like, Zoe sounds like the name of somebody who's starring in an erotica novel. I'm sorry. I, I will give you that. It makes me think of Zoe Saldana. Oh, yeah. Is, is, did you read 50, um, 50 Shades no, of Grey? No, I never read 50 is Shades of Grey. Is the girl in that name Zoe? What is Isn't the, she, um, may, I'm, Anna? So I'm feeling this wine now. Is she Anna? Yeah. What is the main I character called in? In Christian Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey. Wait, what are you saying, Boo Boo? Huh? Anastasia. You say Anastasia. 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 Anastasia Steele. Anastasia. I love Steele. that he knows that. I love Daniel that he knows her name is Anastasia. She loves that you know that. <laughs> yeah, we went to see um, Coco, and I wore I love um, that movie. Was that such a good movie? I love it's that, such movie. A good movie. It's I so cried cute. three times. I cried like a dumb little baby watching Coco. <laughs> I love that movie. But we went we to were get... really feeling the alcohol. <laughs> I know, right? We went to get some popcorn, and I had on my um, what's Rayada's Fenty, the lip gloss girl. Uh huh. And um, like I went up and uh, we got some popcorn, and the guy was like, oh, "Let me guess, you guys are here to see Fifty Shades of Grey, the popcorn guy." <laughs> I was like, no, we're here to see Coco. It was like 9 a.m. It was crazy. Oh, like, I just don't understand why don't, he would have. I guess, I don't know. Maybe you saw your lip gloss and she's like. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> but that's my only experience with Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, I, I've i watched a lot of think pieces about it. I have yet to read it because I, I can tell it's just going to be bad. It's just yeah. going to piss me off. I've read enough that I'm like, I don't need it. Yeah. Like so you described like- the entire plot of Twilight to me. Um, but I don't think you read Fifty Shades of Grey, and that's the only way I would have known about it is if you picked up the phone and told me. Well, I do want to point out on the Simon and Schuster website, mm-hmm. as part of the blurb for this very book, for, they for, said for Addicted. Yes, they said okay. before there was Fifty Shades of Grey, there was Zane's Addicted, <laughs> and I just remember like being so amused by that. Um. I, I, you know, I don't know enough about Fifty Shades of Grey to know if there's a connection. I'm I think like it's flabbergasted. just like the way it, I guess, people read, like, it's something that's seen as naughty and is, everyone's reading it. Is it like, it, so, you know, I look back to my years at Allen Village um, and everyone passing this book around. Is that what it was like? Like, what are white people passing around Fifty Shades of Grey? Like, black people were passing around Zane? Is that what they're trying to say? I think so. I think I know it was a really I never read it, but I know it was really popular. It was yeah. like people called it mommy porn. Oh. And it's like it's like a really big deal, but at the end of the day, it's I think it's probably similar in that it's not that graphic or explicit. It's I not that see. well written. But it's just like it's sort of and I think that's the now that I think about it, I think that's the thing. It's just dirty enough to uh-huh. make people feel like they're being bad but it's not dirty enough to make them uncomfortable or Mm. to turn them off. You know what I mean? And you know what? I was talking to my husband earlier and I was saying like, uh, (laughs) 
because there's a blurb on my copy of the book. That's right. <laughs> that says, <laughs> so I was talking to him and I was like, okay, we're reading Zane. And he was like, so my husband is mixed. Um, he's Mexican. He's looking at me. No, he's not. He's playing a board game. <laughs> but um, he is not black. So he had not heard about Zane. And so he picked it up. He was like, this woman, de- the blurb says on the book, um, this woman does incredible erotic things with words. Read with a lover nearby. And so he started wiggling his eyebrows. And so I was kind of like, well, I'm trying to, I was like, but the book isn't sexy. Like, it's not making me feel sexy. So I wouldn't need to read it with you nearby because it doesn't make me feel sexy. But I was like trying to think. And again, when I was talking about like comparing this to the romance novels that we've read, where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, descriptive or open or like, you know, kind of like things that make you not feel repulsed. <laughs> and they I, don't actively gross you out. They don't actively gross you out. And I was trying to think like Zane was popular. It was popular. It was passed around. And I was like, well, is it was Zane like the stepping stone? Like, was there... Zane, Eric Jerome Dickey, all of them, your mom, your aunties, erotica, like, was that kind of the setting that kind of made it okay for us now to have, like, these alien (laughs) (laughs) romance fucking books where it's kind of like, okay, it's, it's, it's cool to do this because Zane and them came first, and it might not be what we wanted it to be, like, nowadays, but nope like i'm really struggling to think of anyone else who was like talking about pussy juice and all this stuff so disgusting and even though it's it's kind of like sickening like this is the way we were kind of talking in the 90s you know what i mean like it wasn't so far outside where i felt like it was extra but it wasn't Oh, I thought it was kind of extra. <laughs> it was it was extra, but it wasn't and the jive was a bit much. It wasn't a bit much, but it wasn't totally made from whole cloth. Right. So it's kind of like, was this the stepping stone? Like, was it like we needed Zane to be so ridiculous and to push the envelope so that we could be more open about things later? And I don't I know. Think I don't the know. internet played a big role in that. True. True. And I think I still think though, because like like I'm embarrassed to say I read those alien books. I don't. Th- I still think like it's the same. I think the reason Shades of Grey and this book was popular was because it was just titillating enough. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't go all the way, and, I and think, it doesn't. I guess. I guess my point is like, so do we dismiss that? Like, it, but is is isn't that important too? Isn't it important too that you have that that kind of half step of like? okay, girl, you're passing this around, you're giggling, you're drinking your wine, you're like Mm -hmm. laughing behind your hand. And maybe you are not, maybe you're in that relationship with a Jason who's not doing all this kind of stuff. And you never had anybody talk to you about this kind of stuff before. And it's like, it's problematic because we're going to get into some of the more like the the problematic stuff. But Maybe this is just the first time people are even feeling okay to talk about this, even with their girlfriends. I will say I do appreciate the fact that this is a story told by a woman. Well, I mean, I would like it more if she didn't feel like she was a dirty, yeah. dirty sex fiend for it. She doesn't mm-hmm. own her sexuality. She feels like she's an addict. She feels like she has a problem. Right. But I will say I guess I appreciate the fact that this is a book about a woman's sexuality 
and it's treated with seriousness and it was popular and women felt that they could read those things. I think it's problematic in this instance because it's not treated as her sexuality isn't seen as something healthy. Yes. The fact that she wants more from her husband than what she's getting is seen as a problem and yes. she just wants too much. Yes. So it's like it's like this dual thing. And I, I and maybe it's just more complicated than I gave it at first blush. Like, yes, like she wants to talk about it more. Like the appeal of this book is supposed to be that she's having these three relationships with all these people. Um but at the same time, it's a little bit more like conservative than we would expect from something written right. today where she kind of steps back and is like, OK, but that's the outlier. But at the yeah. same time, it's like people weren't reading. I don't think anybody's reading Zane for the moral lesson. I think they're reading <laughs> it for like, oh, my God, like the wild sex. So it's kind of like, how is this book operating? Yeah. Yeah. Like in the real world, it's like, did you, were you just skipping over? I would I would absolutely love if we have like you know someone who was an adult when this came out who was like the auntie passing this around I would yeah love to hear like what you thought about this um, because we have one experience from it and we're coming yeah. from like this position but I would love to hear what you think because yeah I'm just we were just too young to know how it have how yeah. people would react to it yeah and I'm trying to think like was this kind of a stepping stone did this let people talk or am I totally off is this the wine talking because I've been <laughs> <sighs> I will say that from what, if it's similar to like Shades of Grey uh-huh. Fifty Shades of Grey I heard sort of made people more comfortable with the idea of like BDSM yeah and, and so kink, it sort of made right? it, yeah and sort of made it oh my mainstream. god I really hope my mom and grandma are listening to this we're adults we're fine we won't I go don't into want it. my grandma to hear me say the word kink <laughs> insightful danielle they called us insightful i know we are we just had a very insightful discussion we just talked about how like women's sexuality and how she didn't own it and i'm all for i think that's why so i'm gonna bring it back and make it insightful that's why i kept comparing it Mm -hmm. to the alien series because the alien series i should just call it what it is it's the ice planet barbarian series Mm -hmm. it's so much about female fantasy fulfillment Mm -hmm. like consent is a very big deal in that series like they do not even there's like an alien who doesn't even speak the same language as the humans and when she says no he knows what that means he stops consent Mm -hmm. is a very big deal the emotional connection is a very big deal and then they get to the sex so it's like a very such a female fantasy driven thing Mm -hmm. and i kept comparing it to this and it was just so grimy and i'm like but you know i want do we, I don't know. Do we get there without a book like Zay, like uh, without a book like Addicted? I don't know because I just don't know. I was too young to know the role that, addi- and I think you're right. Like we need to hear from people who are like there. I can uh-huh. only draw the connections from like Fifty Shades of Grey, mm-hmm. and I think it probably did push people. I think Urban Thick as a whole, mm-hmm. sort of like that's why people like it because it will talk about those things. Uh-huh. Other genres of fiction won't. But um, yeah, I think you're right. And I don't know if that's a question we can answer. We just, I were, don't know. We're too little. Yeah, we were too little because by the time we can't, we're living in a post-scene world. <laughs> right? It's like we got MTV, like people dancing and shit, you know? Yeah. It's, it, so our, our experience has been very different. And I guess like that, I don't know, the wine is making me think like, am I, not am I being too harsh? Because I think there's always room to improve and we're going to get to some really problematic shit that is just not okay at any point in time but it's kind of like this as a book I'm feeling like less and less like I can dismiss it completely because you know do we get the alien sex scene 
without Zayn being out here like you can say pussy it's fine yeah you know what I mean I'm sure she probably played a big role and I'm sure because like it's like anything else with fiction when something is really popular it probably did make a lot a lot of authors probably felt empowered yeah to write about those kind of things and maybe that is why we see it today where it's more embraced I wish it had been a little less problematic and even a little bit sexier it's just so it's hard for me to put her influence I I can say this Zane's influence because she had a whole bunch of books so Uh it doesn't have to be this specific one Uh I'm sure Zane's influence did have a positive impact on like how sexuality is written about in the books even though I think this book in particular (laughs) is repulsive and disgusting (laughs) and not at all sexy yeah I think that's the best I can say okay let's get let's get back to the plot I think we're coming up to where she describes her meeting with Quentin. Yes, we are. She's which back I also, in. oh my God, I really want to, okay, go ahead. Because there's a part, and this is literally where I started taking notes. So go go ahead oh. and start, start. Well, she's back and she just described about how, how her, her therapist is probably waiting to hear about her freakazoid slut she had <laughs> as a client, which is some very strong language. Which, and I mean, she, like freakazoid was that cartoon. <laughs> It is. I automatically thought of that cartoon. And then she talks about how, like, oh, at one point she says, she's talking about how the therapist's hands were shaking. And Zoe's like, I guess a woman who fucks men like she changes panties would make anyone uneasy. And I'm still like, you have scheduled dates. I hope it was more than three times a week. I hope it was more than three times a week that you're changing your panties, Zoe. Because (laughs) if you're having sex with, like, three or four people, there's seven days in a week. I just want to point that out. scheduled days. She doesn't see them on weekends, so it's only during the work week. She's not. I just the exaggeration of her sex life is just so. It's wild. Crazy. It's she wild. only she spends weekends with her family. She makes that a priority, which lets you know it's not an addiction. She, she is, only sees her affairs after work. Like come she on, is lady, forever fucking coming home to cook for Jason. Exactly. It's forever insane. she is coming home to cook. Or do something with like the PTA or fucking take Brina out. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Brina, we we skipped over the the part oh, that I wanted to talk about. Okay, go ahead. So she Brina walks is in. her best friend since high school. Brina, best friend since high school, one of her oldest friends. She knows she keeps a key outside, hidden outside of her apartment. She goes, she lets herself in, tells her kids to make themselves comfortable. She walks into Brina's fucking bedroom Brady comes out she got a towel on she drops the towel she's like oh and um she sees that she's like beaten to hell right yes Brina has a fucking broken rib Brina's rib is broken or sprained or something and she to be fair she like gets Jason and takes the kid she takes her to the hospital and stuff but immediately after that she takes her to Cheesecake Factory so for some <laughs> margaritas I forgot I, like, I this forgot the Cheesecake Factory name <laughs> Her rib is broken. Her rib is broken. And you guys are drinking margaritas. That's all I wanted to say. That's all. Like, I don't have any insightful parts about this, but I was like, the whole time I was reading about them waiting in line for the cheesecake factory and then drinking the cheesecake factory, I was like, but she's probably on open. It's like, her rib is broken. They do. Broken. They have a whole back and forth about whether or not they should leave or whether or not it's worth waiting to line to go to the Cheesecake Factory. And this How scene, did I forget that? This scene, girl, this thing is longer than the descriptions of her relationship with Diamond. <laughs> whether or not they should wait at the Cheesecake Factory. And I'm like, I am 
I don't know a whole lot about broken ribs. I am not a medical doctor. I, like I know they are extremely painful. I know they are extremely I painful. I know they would probably give you something if you came in like beat to hell and like your your rib was broken. I don't think you would be drinking at the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> If oh you just my got gosh. out of the ER. But that that's all I wanted to say. That's literally all I wanted to say. She's no, like, I have nothing to add. I have nothing to add. Just that, you know, I liked her and Brita's relationship. But I was just like, Zoe, like, take her home. Well, this is actually because she's going to confess to Brina. And then Brina uh-huh. talks about all her problems and how, like, she stays with Dempsey. Mm-hmm. That's the wife beater's name. She stays with Dempsey because... Uh, Zoe has this perfect relationship and she just it's clear she has a low self esteem and she has problems and that's why Zoe realizes she cannot unload her sex problems <laughs> on her best friend because her best friend has her own things she's dealing with and so that's what can, that's why she goes back to Marcella Stevens uh-huh. it's so wild yeah it's, it's so wild. wild so she goes back and she's all like ready to tell her second story she tells how she meets Quentin, Quentin. who is <sighs> His introduction, he is such a creep. He is He's so, so fucking creepy. rapey. He <laughs> is so weird and so rapey. So this is, I know I've said literally where I started taking notes, but this, I mean, it's page 118 where I where I started taking notes where I was like, this shit is ridiculous. Where she he meets is, Quentin. He's like, basically, I just pictured the big bad wolf licking his lips like sharpening a knife like from the moment he sees her he's like staring her up and down she says at one point he's talking to her but he's staring at her boobs he's a creep he is a real creep like he's so creepy everything everything with creep with um (laughs) with creepy i was gonna say everything (laughs) with creepy is creepy everything with quentin is creepy as fuck Yeah, he grabs her at one point, like she's trying to leave, and he grabs her arm, and he's like, "Where are you going? We're trying to talk." And I'm like, Ugh. "Yeah." So I want I want to read this 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 quotation that mm-hmm. comes right before the Quentin chapter. So she's talking to <laughs> Marcella Spencer again, and um, Zoe says, um, "While it might be painful, it was going to be a great relief to get it all off my chest because we fell in love so young. I'm the only lover Jason's ever had." As far as he knows, the same is true in my case. Up until a year ago, Jason was right. Or sorry, Jason was in fact the only lover I ever had. Then the madness began. And I really feel like this is the turning point in the book. <laughs> this, is, this, is the sho- book this is where the madness begins. When Quentin shows up. And he, yes. he is so creepy. He is He's- so creepy in this first scene. He's like grabbing her and staring at her and being very predatory. I did not like it. I was uncomfortable reading. It. I was yeah, because it's it's very like you're reading the news nowadays and it's like oh such and so did this and you did that and at parties he did this and that and he's like talking about her and like or he's grabbing her and talking about how he wants to fuck her and all this stuff and it's like this is like they so she goes to like a school like a charter school or something like opening and he painted a mural yeah. there. And he's like talking about how he wanted to fuck her at this charter school opening. And it's like I don't know if he said it at that point, but he was being like, I want to see you again and kissing her hand and extra I don't think he brought up the full I wanna bang you until they had had their meeting the next day when they do have sex. No, they do I think have he this doesn't. one line. She does though. She has this one line, and I'm gonna read it. We're reading a lot of quotes, and we're it's just re- because but, uh, this is the one episode where we're doing all the right? quotes. But so like he introduces her, he kisses her hand and he introduces herself and she's like, 
He's like, no problem, Zoe. Can I call you that? And she's like, please do, Quentin. And she has this quote where she's like, damn, on a first name basis already? I wondered if that meant hellified sex was right around the corner. And I remember thinking to myself, why would it? What the fuck, Zoe? What the she fuck? uses the phrase hellified sex a lot. She uses like, it a lot. And had you ever heard the term hellified before? No. Because I had not. And you know, okay. I see this a lot on Twitter, like people talking about mixed people or whatever. I'm mixed. That's fine. That's fine. And I was like, is this just a black thing that I missed? But fucking, I had not heard the term hellified before. And she uses it so often. She uses and it only in reference to sex. She says hellified sex. She says hellified sex so many times. So I again, I just thought that was so funny. So like he doesn't say anything, but her internal monologue does. Apparently, she's like first hell- name basis means, means sex. And I was means like, really? Sex. First name, first name basis. Um, think about think about yesterday. Your yesterday, dear <laughs> listener. How many people you call by their first name? That means hellified and, sex is around the corner. And it's just like, why would you think that, Zoe? It's just like. We don't get any explanation None. for like these weird things she thinks. Well, it's just... well, I want to point this out because this is this is where I started taking notes in this book, <laughs> and I have it. I have this right in front of me because I wrote best line in the book, and this is page one eighteen of three hundred and twenty six pages, and I don't think there's a better line in this book because this is where this is where I got up. And got a pen because I was like, I need to start taking notes. And so I'm just I'm just going to read it because it's very short. <clears throat> She's talking about the mural that Quentin painted um, because Quentin is a muralist. And I, I kind of want you to read what you put about like the mural thing because like I was dying. Like, I, I had to close this. So I was reading it at lunch. I had to close it because I was laughing. <laughs> but Quentin paints murals. You know, that that's yeah, just it. Quentin, <laughs> as one does, and she and she's referencing a mural at the downtown. And this is this is always um kind of like initialism. Marta M A R T A. I'm not from Atlanta. I've not been to Atlanta, so I don't know if it's Marta or M A R T A or if it's something else. I apologize. Please correct me loudly and violently on Twitter. But there I'll it Google is. it right now. <laughs> Um, but it's a mural of the Atlanta skyline on a concrete wall in a downtown Marta station. She says she used to go down to the station and eat lunch. And she says, and I quote, the mural seemed to have a calming effect on me and sometimes even an arousing one. <laughs> I forgot. The mural. She's getting turned on. The mural. The mural of the Atlanta skyline seemed to have a calming effect on me and sometimes even an arousing one. And I just want to sit with this for a second because this is literally the point of the book where, again, I had to put it down and go get a pen and go get a pen to make sure. I never. Danielle is so much better at taking notes. I literally never take notes for these. I had to go and mark this in this paperback book to make sure that I brought it up to you my dear listener because she is fucking sitting at a train station looking getting at horny a, mural, over a mural getting horny over a mural 
a mural. Yes. A mural. Think about the murals you've seen in your life and think about sitting there feeling horny over a mural. A mural. I don't think I've ever been mu- moved in any way by a mural. <laughs> and I mean that in the nicest way possible. They're just giant paintings. It's, it's a painting on the side be- of a building. <laughs> exactly. And she's sitting there getting horny. Horny. She's supposed to have like a big office. She can see the whole skyline. She sees it on some bricks and she gets she gets turned on while eating her sack lunch while eating her chicken salad. I'm I I really I really struggle with this line, Danielle. I know I'm making a big deal out <laughs> of it, tell. but I really like three years, Danielle, three years we've been doing this podcast three years and I've never <laughs> taken a single note. I've never I've never taken a single note. And I went to go get one of my pins that I love and I try not to use the ink in them. I went and I got a pin because I had to I had to bring this <laughs> up. She got horny looking at a mirror. I wish I could share the the direct message the DM Molly sent me where she was just appalled. She's like, she got aroused by a mural, Danielle. I did. I did. A mural, it's just a mural. a mural. I think this book, this book is just wild. It's just it's wild. And I think I don't think I've taken as many notes for this. I did, can't believe this is the episode where we like. Mm-hmm. You can tell by the running time. This is the episode that broke us. This is the episode where we go all out because insightful, insightful, <laughs> insightful. Danielle bustle. I said parade. Danielle parade magazine. That shit was in parade magazine. They were like, ooh, oh, oh, these insightful black women reading literature. And we're talking about a woman getting aroused from looking at it's not our fault. It's the book. I would just like to say that. So she does eventually, because we can't sit it here broke me. talking about it broke me <laughs> about the horny mural for much. Longer, I could. I could. This 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 is the line that's gonna break me for 2018 when we do our recap at the end of the year in December. Like, God willing, we get there and we don't like I don't know whatever Trump. The government shut down just breaks the country. Yeah. I will look back on this moment and I will I will probably be in December 2019 talking about her getting aroused by this mural because I just I just can't. I'm sorry. I can't. Either. I can't. I don't blame you. I'm going to stop now because okay. we have to move. Forward. We have to move forward. But but this is a line but in a book we're that almost broke scene. me. We're gonna get to the scene that broke me. Oh, so oh hold okay. Some I want to hear. It. I want to hear. It. So, oh, I'm sure you already know what it is. So she begins. I have so no idea because there's a thousand lines. That's true. She has her creepy relationship. So she meets Quentin. She's like, oh, I'm gonna try and convince him to let me sell his prints for like. I don't know. She's an art dealer. She's gonna hope that he lets her sell her prints. So they agree to have a business meeting. And so they have a business meeting. I'm gonna rush through all of this because it's really boring. Until yeah. We get to the part I want to talk about. <laughs> She has a business meeting and he basically just makes it clear that he wants to have sex with mm-hmm. her. He says some really corny lie about how he wants to paint a mural of her above his bed. No, so you that put that. Having... Please, please read that. Please read that line in its entirety because you, I'm literally, I just, let me tell you my setup. I have your Goodreads quotations <laughs> up and I've just been going through. So he says, 
I want to paint you and hang it over my bed so when you are here, we can make un- we can make love underneath your splendor. And when we are apart, I can behold your beauty and satisfy myself just by the mere thought of you. The mere and thought think- of you. <laughs> if it's just the thought of you, she doesn't need a painting. He doesn't need a painting. He doesn't need a painting. To th- <sighs> I think my comment was, I rolled my eyes so hard, my optic nerve shorted out. <laughs> Because he's he's not sexy. Again, he's not sexy. He's not alluring. He's not like... I hate when authors try to write like those really sexy Don Juan characters. Mm-hmm. Like I love Beverly Jenkins and her new book, I think, deals with one of these characters. Uh-huh. It deals with a character who's in the same family. Uh-huh. And he's like, he's supposed to be like Don Juan and sophisticated. And I just think of Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> and like, I can't... It doesn't work for me. It just does not work. It's just such a turnoff. Uh-huh. So he does that. And so this is also when we meet Diamond. Yeah. So she's leaving and she meets Diamond. And I just want to drop this. Much in the same way <laughs> she just you wanted to drop. I knew you were Much in the same way she just wanted to drop the Cheesecake Factory. I just wanted to drop Diamond's first line of dialogue to Zoe is, oh, excuse the way I'm dressed. I'm a professional <laughs> ballerina. <laughs> And we are told she's just walking around in a leotard and dance tights. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, book. Wait a minute. Dancers do not just hang around in their house in tutus and leotards. Okay. Well, Danielle, she just this- came from doing the Nutcracker. She that literally is not just what the came. Said. She just came from doing the Nutcracker. She still has her tutu on. She's a ballerina. <laughs> It doesn't make sense. It just mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. And it's like, again, it's just another example. Like, I've never met anyone on the street and like, oh, excuse the way I'm dressed. I'm a digital marketer. Like, it doesn't <laughs> make any sense. But I just want to, we need to rush through this because I need to get to the part. Go, so she yes. leaves, he goes down on her and she leaves without reciprocating, which is, again, rude. And so she, for some reason, so she tries, she has this really bad interaction with Wait, Jason. She, with, and she with, goes to find him in a movie theater. She goes to find Quentin oh in a movie God. theater. Because she I is still fiending for some sex. I'm sorry, the mural she, scene broke me so much that I forgot about the This is the scene that broke me. Go ahead, She goes go ahead. to find him in a movie theater. And, like, she learns from Diamond. She learns from Diamond that he's sitting in this. So I, I, I got ahead that, of myself. That Quentin. She had a really bad, she uh-huh. had a really bad night with Jason. And that was what drives her to find Quentin. She goes to his apartment. He's not there. She runs into Diamond, learns she's a ballerina. Diamond also tells her, oh, Quentin went to go see that new Denzel movie by himself. You should go. You should go visit him. He loves it when beautiful women visit him, which is odd. An odd thing to say. And so she goes. And I and love I love the detail about Denzel, the Denzel movie. I tried to look up which one it was, but then they said it in the book. So I was like, well, that was a waste of my time. Um, but so they're in this movie theater and he's sitting by himself. And she's like just really turned on. So she starts like rubbing him through his jeans. And somehow that jumps to her pouring nacho cheese on this grown man's dick and then licking it off. Can I say, because I want to give you the space, like you gave me the space. And I really appreciated that you did that with the mural, with the mural. Um, But I really, I want to say that he got up to get more snacks. That's right. He didn't have snacks on his own. Snacks he went, went to go get some nachos. So it was hot nacho cheese. And that's all he I'm going to say. He burned himself. He... I read that line to my husband and he was like, he was really con- concerned. He was like, that what? That's the book itself say. says that he flinched. 
Like she just, first of all, he probably wasn't planning for this to happen. He had these nachos. He was probably looking forward to those nachos. Came out, came to see the new Denzel movie, got himself some nachos. She shows up, starts feeling him. He probably didn't have a problem with that. But when she crossed the line and took his nacho cheese and just poured it on his dick with no permission, he, again, the book says that he flinched. And then in the middle of this it's not crowded, but the book says there's at least 30 people in this theater, which in my opinion is pretty crowded. Crowded, too crowded to be licking nacho cheese off of a grown man's Deep dick. Deep-throating somebody in a <laughs> the Denzel, It's a Denzel movie. She's deep-throating him. And also and then, there's hot nacho cheese sauce on There is. And then he says, I think at some point during this interaction, he says, now what are you going to do with Timex now that these come out to play? <laughs> And she, as anyone would, says, Timex. And he's like, it takes a licking and keeps on ticket. And I think my note for that one was, I wish a nigga would. And I loved, I I would, loved you for it. I would, I would, that's the point when I would zip his pants back up, get up and go, because that would kill anything. This I is mean, so unsexy. This whole scene, this whole book, this is what I'm talking about. There is nothing erotic. There is nothing sexy about anything happening in this book. It's just ridiculous and shock factor. Like, I get food and sex. Like, I get why that would hurt was, works for some people. Chocolate, whipped cream, in the privacy of your own home, fruit. But this woman in a theater pours nacho cheese on a grown man's penis and then licks it off. And then when she's done, she books it. She is she gone. Leaves. <laughs> she leaves. I just... He has a quote that says, you're crazy, always running away. You're just going to come in here, suck my dick, and leave? <laughs> and it, this is the scene. If, that, if the mural scene is the one that broke you, the movie theater nacho cheese scene is the one that broke me. I just... And I... <laughs> And I knew it was coming because you shared it with me before I, I even got that far in the book. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't, what do I do? Like, what? Nacho, nacho cheese sauce. So we go to the theater a lot. We saw Spider-Man. It was lovely. I loved that movie. It was very cute. It was so cute. It was so cute. It was a little intense for what I was expecting for a GPG movie, but it was good. We we went and saw that, and I noticed that they had the nacho cheese in a special section to keep it hot. And again, again, I don't have a dick. I don't have. I don't have one. I don't have one. Let me ask my husband. But I have skin. I and have I've... skin, Frank. <laughs> nacho cheese sauce, yes or no? Please stop harassing your husband with these hypotheticals. He says in your mouth, yes, and you're on your dick, no. So I'm going to, because again, I trust and respect his opinion. I'm just, I'm just going to say nacho cheese sauce, which I have to keep in the little hot section on your dick. Okay, let's, let's, let's put I mean, the dick aside. Nacho, if I spilled nacho cheese on my arm, I'd be like, On my Ouch. arm, you know. On and your vagina again. I'm just, I'm just talking to my friend Danielle right now. <laughs> oh, I went to the movie theater. I got nacho cheese sauce on my garage. That shit hurt. I had to go home. Yeah. I had to go home because that hurt. I he, had to go he home. He probably has a first degree burn. I would not be surprised. And then she throws him in the theater, and, oh, and then bounces. And, but you know what? 
nobody notices. He's like moaning. <laughs> I have so many notes on this page. I have, I have in the theater. No, no, nobody noticed. No. I kept expecting like someone to shush them because she says many times he's like moaning and going yes, yes, and no one says anything. I would like get an usher immediately. I would, I would immediately leave that. Well, you know what. Maybe, you know what? I'm not going to even say this, but we saw someone masturbating. <laughs> eight mile, eight miles. Somebody was masturbating in the theater. So since listening to uh-huh. We Hate Movies and their mailbag episodes and even not even the mailbag episodes, I think it came up on, on the regular episode. I become aware there are a lot of sexual deviants who just do things. Who just go to movie theaters. Like, oh, my God. It's crazy. So, you know what? Maybe <laughs> they were just like, oh, that's yeah, because it was 98. And it was a different time. We didn't have to worry about like government shutdowns or Syria or whatever. Like it was just a different time. So I was just, yeah. Yeah. This scene, this scene was when I started texting you. Like if the mural scene was when I started taking notes, the the nacho cheese scene was when I started texting you like, what the fuck have we done, Daniel? Yeah, this is the scene that was like, oh, no, for me, it broke me. And I don't know if I can get over it. Like, can I tell you, I read to like the last 30 pages of this book, Mm -hmm. went and got a book of poetry, read that completely, (laughs) came back, finished this book just so it would not be the first book I finished in 2019 because I couldn't handle it. I was like, this can't, I can't have this be my first read of 2019. It's such a bad, it's such a bad precedent. It's bad mojo. I like got right to the end put it down, picked up an entire new book and finished it because I could not. I I have it right here because this is where the real hard crease in the book because I dog (laughs) ear my books. Page 278 is where I put it down for about two weeks. I will say like, I just finished this today because I kept stalling. I finished it today too. I kept stalling. The girl's last 50 pages are insane. Okay, we have to get there. We have to get there. We have to move ahead. We're okay, only so at Quentin and the Nacho I know. scene. But this, okay, this is probably the most, like, off-putting scene in the book. This is a scene in the I book where I was I just like. I think the twister scene. The twister scene for so? me is probably the most repulsive. You think so? I mean, Periods they're both. Periods are sexy. But you know what? Periods are natural parts of the body. We've talked about it. We shared our first period (laughs) stories. But I can't think of a time in nature, in the natural (laughs) world, (laughs) not to cheat on someone's dick. You know what? We don't even have to rank them. We can just say equally they are both equally repulsive. This scene broke me over and over. This book broke me over and over again. But yes, this is where I... This is where I, like this page is just like no 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 one else listen. I've I've never been to a theater out here where someone hasn't been right next to me where a kid has not been right next to me in like fucking Deadpool. So, well, and unless the way theaters arrange, unless you're in the very last row, people, people can are, fucking see are above you. you. People they can, can see, you. see you. People will be able to see you eating nacho cheese on somebody. I feel like if I was in a theater and someone just started giving someone a blowjob, I'm going to management immediately. I would I'm immediately like, look, I'm not approved, but like, I no. would immediately, I would have to say, turn this movie off. You know, I like Denzel. I, I like Denzel. It's fine. But we have to stop this movie right now. And AMC has to give me a discount. Or, you know, a <laughs> I refund. Need a refund. <laughs> I need my money back. I need free tickets because this is, I need to go home. I can't even enjoy the movie now. 
So, okay. I do want to say before we move on, mm-hmm. after, I don't know if it's after, actually, it's honestly blurring. At some point, he <laughs> takes her to a train yard. Or he yes. has this big mural that he claims to have started when he was 11. And I was like, sure, guy. Sure. Yeah. And can then, you? Uh, okay, Danielle won't do this because she is, um, <laughs> she's humble. But I literally <laughs> just read this to my husband like, earlier. So the quote is, so there's this mural of like an Af- again an Afro American. Did she say Afro American? Did she say? Af- I think she said African American. She, she says, uses that. She never says black, but she does say African. She does say African American. So she has an African American family sitting down to like Thanksgiving dinner with like greens. And like, I can't remember what else, but I remember a the, dog and a cat. A dog a and a cat in a fireplace, and it's like she when she describes like artistic things it's like when she describes anything of any refinement it's kind of like the most basic thing you can think of that's the word like that's perfect we're gonna go out to have like a fancy dinner we go to cheesecake factory i'm thinking of like this fancy ass mural it's like a dog and a cat sitting next to a fire Oh, you're the one who got, you know what I thought of? You're, you, you're the one who turned me on to Bob's Burgers. Do you remember the art crawl episode? <laughs> uh, barely. Oh, it's the one where they're like talking about how like, it's just, it's not real art. It's just touristy crap that people buy. It's the one where um, Aunt Gail starts painting all the anuses. Oh, where she paints the buttholes on the that's what it reminded me of it reminded me of bob's whole thing about like this is just it's not real art it's yeah. just crap that people buy to put in their houses or to give gifts to people it's not art yeah so yeah it's kind of like so she, when you uh, want to pretend that you're kind of refined and you're like oh this guy it's like okay when you were a sophomore in college and you were dating an older dude and you wanted to seem <laughs> sophisticated so you went to red lobster this is like this whole book so the point is, his mural is not that his fancy, mural is but not we're that, supposed to believe. But you're supposed to believe. So it's like a family sitting down to like a dinner. They're eating greens and maybe some other food. I can't remember. But I just really want greens because I've been sick. So I really <laughs> and so she says, oh, my goodness, Quentin exclaimed, you did this when you were 11 years old. And he says, I started it when I was 11. He replied. And Danielle he says it takes him six. It took him five years. So he finished when he was 16. Danielle said, and when he was 17, Barack Obama named him his personal muralist and awarded him the Nobel Peace Prize in murals. After that, he was elected president of Earth and married 100 <laughs> supermodels. And I want to point that out because it's like this is this is what you're th- supposed to think of Quentin. He painted this mural when he was 11, <laughs> and then he became like a fucking superstar like like to zoe who is like sitting like being aroused by his like by murals it's so ridiculous it's so crazy it's It's so crazy it's it's so nuts and it's like i just can't i think you said it was like a 15 year old that you asked to write erotica that's what it feels like this is this is like the peak of that like oh my god what's the most amazing thing that like, I haven't ever been to a museum, so, like, the, <laughs> the only art I've ever seen is, like, murals. And murals, murals can be very cool. There's a lot of really cool murals in I don't uh, want to hate on Kansas. street art. Yeah, yeah, in Kansas City, there's, like, that um, fucking um, ignorance mural. And, okay, again, I'm going to shout out. If anyone knows, like, the ignorance, he's got, like, a 
chain on his head. He's breaking it off. If you know that, write to me. I'll love you forever. But there's murals. They're cool. A lot of kids see murals, and that's like their first exposure to like pop art and stuff. But like, what the fuck, Zoe? What the fuck? Like, you're getting how good could this mural be? How good could this mural be? We need to talk about this mural too because this is where we learn about Quentin's tragic backstory. His mother, his father left his mother. (laughs) This is the one time race is mentioned, actually. His father left his mother for a white woman, Uh and his mother was so broken by it that she eventually commits suicide. And then he and his brothers and sister are put into the foster system. Uh And then they have sex on the hood of the car. Yes. And Zoe describes, this is the scene that creeped me out. She describes as they're having sex, looking into the mother's eyes. <laughs> and I was like, ooh. I don't even, sometimes I'm like, ooh. Like, why? <laughs> because, like, you know that thing where, like, the eyes follow you? Sometimes I go to museums and that freaks me out. <laughs> so the idea of her just being on the hood of a car. Staring into this mural's eyes while she's having sex with this man. It's so, again, not sexy. It's creepy. It's such a turnoff. That's the best way to describe it. It's like I painted this of my mom who who committed suicide. And now we're going to have sex. So, oh my gosh. Not sexy, not sexy. Can we take one more break? Yes. my glass of wine. I have to go to the bathroom. So That's fine. <laughs> I think it's so hard. I think it's getting the two hours, so we're gonna have we're to gonna have to speed through the rest. But you know what? I feel like I feel like I'm proud the, of everything. I am proud of everything. I feel like this is one of our best episodes. <laughs> I have to go to the bathroom. So bad. I will. Yes, I will be fine. <laughs> but I didn't even think of thought of her having sex and looking into the mom's eyes. Well, she describes it so clearly, and it was such a turnoff for me because I I don't I'm not weird about it, but I don't like eyes like the Mona Lisa. You know how they're like they follow you. So just imagine a giant one, and then you're having sex in front of it. You're just and and not and not just the eyes, girls. But he's like, this is this is my mom who killed herself. (laughs) It's so it's there's nothing erotic about this novel. And I painted this when I was eleven. This is my <laughs> I forgot about that. Nothing erotic about nothing. this novel. There's nothing sexy. Nothing. If you get anything out of this episode, this is the unsexiest is thing the, I've ever read. And the, I've read books with literal blue aliens. This is the least sexy thing I've ever heard in my life. It's like this is my mom. She killed she killed herself when I was eleven. Oh my god. Okay, let's let's take a short break because I just this is so much. All right, guys, that's it for the first half of our conversation. Look for the second half next week. It'll be posted on Twitter at Black Chick Lit, on our website, blackchicklit.com, and wherever you usually get your podcast. Um, as always, we want to thank Sweet 45 for use of our theme. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, please feel free to email us at contact at blackchicklit.com. Thanks for listening in and we'll see you next time. Bye.